Tappy Toklaas is a microbiologist, cosplayer, and MTG content creator. She's also incredibly funny. Here's a clip of Tappy playing Joyra of the Gitu, having a conversation with the professor. Yeah, you drink a bunch of it and then you find yourself in the future. I drink time water like crazy. Here you go. This is vodka. Time water. Just remember to hydrate or you'll wake up in the future with a headache. You're the Joyra, right? The hero of legends who fought alongside Teferi and Urza and Karn to defeat Yogmoth and all of Phyrexia? You're not just some escaped mental patient, right? Sup? This clip is taken from Magic the Gathering Office Hours, Joyra of the Gitu, and the Mending of Dominaria. Footage is used with permission from the Tolarian Community College YouTube channel. Thanks, Prof. Welcome to Humans of Magic with Tappy Toklaus. Hey. Yes, I'm talking to you. Yep, that's you, right over there. Yes, it's me, James. If you're hearing this, it's because you are listening to the audio version of Humans of Magic, and I appreciate that. I really do. But I want you to know that I have recently launched my YouTube channel. The YouTube channel is where the video version of the podcast goes live, and I think it's a lot of fun because you get to see the guest's expressions, you get to listen to the podcast while at work with your YouTube on, you can have it playing in the background, and I also do a bunch of other fun stuff as well, like vlogs, little clips. I do understand that some of these episodes are really long, so it's fun to do all that stuff on YouTube. All you have to do is subscribe to the YouTube channel. Please also subscribe to Humans and Magic on Instagram. It's Humans and Magic on Instagram because I will also post clips there. I'll post reels. I'll post little tidbits of Humans and Magic that you will enjoy on your way to doing something else. So yeah, that's, that's the plug. Please subscribe to Humans and Magic on YouTube and Instagram. It's a lot of fun. I promise you will not regret it. And if you're interested in supporting Humans and Magic further, there is always the Patreon option. I'm on patreon.com slash humans of magic. You can join the exclusive Humans of Magic Discord community. And most importantly, you can just join and give me feedback. You can tell me how I can make the show better, make future guest suggestions, all of that fun stuff. Humans of Magic is a labor of love. I do this part-time. It's not my main source of income. And so anything you can do to support the cause is greatly appreciated. This will help me keep the weekly episodes going and weekly clips going on YouTube and audio and all of that great stuff that you've come to expect from Humans of Magic. All right, plug is over. Please enjoy this episode. Tappy Toe Claws, how are you doing today? I'm doing phenomenally. I mean, it's a Monday, so I suppose I have been better before. But as Mondays go, it's a pretty good Monday. So it's a case of the Mondays or it's a above average Monday? I would say it's an above average Monday. It was like 55 degrees out when I woke up and I'm definitely like a cool weather person. So uh, I woke up to a little bit of a like misty 
morning and then it never got above 70. So I had a good day. I got to wear a sweater and I was content for the day. I'm going to start right away by grilling you with questions just because that's <laughs> what right, I do. How do you remain so upbeat after a full work day? Because we're recording this on Monday night after you've had a full day of work and I just, I can barely keep my energy level up. So how, <laughs> how do you do it? Um, I mean, I'm not sure. I think there's a combination of, I mean, ADHD helps <laughs> to be completely honest. <laughs> like that's, it, it is, it is something that like, if I'm interested in it, then my brain does kind of like want to talk about it. And I kind okay. of like- I'll try to keep this interesting then. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I would, I'm not too proud. I, if I wasn't, if it wasn't interesting, I wouldn't be here unless I was getting paid. So don't worry about it. But, um, I mean, I think part of it is that like the ADHD definitely helps. And obviously I, I have some iced coffee now in, in here. Um, but also, I don't know, like you only have so many hours in the day. And I feel like if I'm going to spend my hours in any way, I'm going to find like some kind of way to at least like enjoy them. Um, and obviously that comes from a extreme place of privilege that one, I get to like, part of my job every day is like talking about magic, the gathering, which I have famously called a dumb game for babies multiple times, but also like, obviously I love it. Right. Like, um, it is a dumb game for babies, but I am also a dumb baby. So I want to talk about it and play it, but I also have a really, uh, uh, as far as day jobs go, my day job is really nice. Um, I work for a little startup and it's one of the, one of the good startups where everyone's really kind of chill and I kind of get to like set my own hours and, um, I can have like my podcasts in, like I famously, uh, I love listening to, uh, the MM cast, which is, uh, Alex Kessler and Ben Bateman, even though I don't play modern at all, but I just like listening. To they're them just good. They, yeah. They're just good. And their podcast usually comes out on Monday or Tuesday. And then I just get to like take my friends with me to work. And I don't even like listen to half of what they say. It's just like, I have my friends in my head while I'm like trying to wake myself up and make coffee or do my, like the first start of my like lab chores in the morning and stuff like that. So it's really nice. I don't know. I, I feel like, and, and again, obviously not everybody has this, this ability, but um, I'm really lucky in that. Like I kind of get to set my day up such that I can kind of, if I'm not enjoying it, I wouldn't do it, I guess. Like if suddenly my job got really bad, I would just quit. Like if suddenly like magic content was miserable to make, I just would stop. So I think part of the reason why people are like, oh, you're so happy all the time. I'm like, yeah, I kind of like, I wouldn't do stuff. I, I don't do stuff that doesn't make me happy, I guess. I mean, I, I, and that's not saying like, I, 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 I absolutely do stuff that makes me miserable because like sometimes <laughs> I have to fill up paperwork or like yeah. make a dentist appointment, but I try not to do that every day. Most of the stuff there I been, do on a daily basis. Have there been notable times in the past, maybe you were in a less optimal situation and you kind of oh, have to adjust to where you were today? Absolutely. Like my previous job was I had like my stable corporate job. I basically was doing, I was working for a larger food producer who's, I obviously won't say uh, where I was. Um, but yeah, I was working for, I had, you know, super stable. It was great. Like I got killer overtime because... I was like the certified like chemist. I was the certified person on site who could do all the testing. And I would do like, we did a lot of import export of like products. So when things came in, I was the person who could sign off on things. And it was a great job. It was really good until it wasn't. And uh, then when it wasn't, it, like it was, it was very obvious. And literally all my friends. Like, Wait, what happened? Did the company have a change in direction? Did you, yeah, was, was your supervisor, was your direction. boss or? Yep. Oh, okay. I, <laughs> I all of the above? <laughs> All of the above. Um, 
and also I think I became a little bit of a different person too. Like I kind of, I kind of had like half of this other like magic thing on the side and it right. was kind of this thing of like, do I do the full content creation jump? Cause like, obviously this is kind of making me miserable, but like, I like having a somewhat stable nine to five, but this is now no longer a stable nine to five. Cause I'm like, like sobbing to Kate Bush on my way home in my car every day. So obviously this isn't like sustainable. It's not working yeah. anymore. Um, and I kind of just decided that that wasn't, it wasn't a thing anymore. And change is absolutely scary. And even I'm, I'm the first person to tell all my friends that if they don't like something, they should stop as I just did. But at the same time, this was like a six month process of me kind of like coming to terms and like, running up that hill, if you will, of like me coming to the conclusion that, yeah, the, no, this like thing that I thought was going to be a career that I was very happy with. And I kind of had, like, it was, it was kind of one of those things where I had, like, I, I kind of had like the promise, like the vague promise of like, yeah, like when X guy retires, you're going to get his position and it's going to be great. And then like, none of that ever happened. And it was just, it wasn't good. And so I just changed it. And now I work for a little startup and it's, I have flexible hours and I get to leave work and check on my dog. If he has, you know, a bad tummy day or whatever, because my dog is very spoiled. Um, and I still get to do all my magic stuff on the side. So. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm glad you're in a better place. Yeah. Jumped in. Yeah. Part of the, part of the nice thing was like having kind of the magic content creation, like if like, even if like everything went really south, I was like, I bet I can probably do like, I I can at least like, that's, that's like not a sustainable income. It's not like a long-term plan. And this was, this was a few years ago too. So this was when I was like smaller and I like had been streaming, but it wasn't really like, I didn't have a schedule and I certainly didn't have like ultra pro and like already like solid sponsors, but I at least like did all my, like I looked at all my money and I looked at all my finances and I was like, okay, like, Worst case scenario, if this startup thing turns out to be really self, like real bad, I can mm -hmm. figure something else out at least like, and I had a buffer zone. So. Yeah. It's really important for the mental just to know that you always have a plan B, right? I think yeah, if you that's... really don't like your, your day job, you kind of have to like, if, if you can mentally tell yourself, like I can afford to not do this, or I can afford to maybe not even work for X period of time if you have savings or whatever, I think that makes a, not that this is a finance podcast, but like, <laughs> I think it's really important just to always have options, right? Optionality. What well, I think part of it too, is that I think part of it is just realizing, cause not everybody obviously has that like very unique circumstance that I did where I like, I knew that I had at least like an amount of money I could make on the side that I could do. Um, but I think part of it is just realizing that like, they're like, and, and again, this isn't like a finance podcast. This isn't like a career advice podcast, but like, like applying for new jobs is really scary, but like your employer is not special. Like you can absolutely find something to do, especially if you are somebody who is enough in demand that your employer like wants to keep you and doesn't want to fire you. I promise like, it's just a general life advice. Like I promise you, you can find something else. It might not be like, it may be different, but like if you were miserable, like nothing is worth like staying in a singular miserable position. I don't know. I'm just kind of like a chaos creature who like, I think if I stopped moving, I would die. Um, right. like I'm like a shark, right? Like if I stop moving, my gills can't process oxygen and I'll just, you're like a shark and... dinosaur hybrid. Is that what it I, is? I mean, sharks and dinosaurs have been around for oh, a very long time. I, they probably, they probably never crossbred except in Ikoria, 
which was incidentally my favorite magic set to get it back to magic. I'm sorry. This is like <laughs> gone off the walls. This whole interview. No, no, that's, this is the humans of math. This is the method to the madness. I mean, it's like, if we were talking about all magic, then something is seriously wrong with the episode. Okay. So, <laughs> but, but yeah. uh, I do want to, I do want to kind of start with your backstory for those who sure. may not know you super well, who are not like huge fans of Tappy, Toe Claws, are not on the Patreon. You should probably get on that if you haven't. What's what's your story? Like, who are you and how did you enter the kind of magic world? I, I guess we'll start with that and we can go back later. So uh, later it, in time. It's, yeah, it's funny. So we were talking a little bit before we started because you have done a phenomenal, you, you've done like, you're, you're very good at interviews. You do like the whole thing. You front load all the stuff and you kind of give some context, which is really appreciated. Um, so it's funny that I actually got into cosplay and magic at about the same time. I just, magic never became, like, a big thing. Um, I guess cosplay didn't really ever become a big thing. They're kind of intersecting things, right? It's kind of like if you do high fantasy and cosplay, you hit magic at some point. I absolutely never thought about crossing the streams for the longest time. Um, So I first got into magic in Lorwyn, um, which was, like, 2005, 2004? Because it was right when I got into high school. Because I got, I started high school freshman year was 2004. I'm old. Um, or at least older than probably some No, I'm older than you, so it's all good. It's all <laughs> every relative. Time, every time I say I'm 32, people are like, you're what? And I'm just like, it's just whatever. Um, yeah, <laughs> no secret. There you go. Um, mm. I'm still younger than the professor, which is what matters. So That's um, right. But I got into Lewin because I really, really love the art. Because I was a very, very big fan of, like, you know, the old school mythology that was, like, weird. Like, the weird mythology. Like, yeah, it wasn't the Disney-fied version. It was, like, the fairies who would, like, take you into the fairy realm, and if you ate food there, you were stuck there, and you would have this wonderful life, and then you'd try to leave, and you'd suddenly age, like, 100 years, and you would just die. So it was more like the Brothers Grimm kind of darkness sort of thing? It was much more, and again, like, all the fairies in Lorwyn are, like, half insects, and they were very explicitly, like, they weren't necessarily the good guys. Like, the the Lorwyn, I have some of the original, um, the published novels from Lorwyn, about Una and all of her, like, tricks to try to keep the world, because Lorwyn did this whole thing in lore where it went from Shadowmoor to Eventide, and I honestly, like, don't even want to spoil the story, because the Lorwyn story is, it's really good. It's really good, it's unique, it's wild in a very different way, and obviously Lorwyn was, like, peak, like, Rebecca Gay being involved in magic art, which obviously magic art is phenomenal now, but, I mean, I don't think anybody can understate, like, how like, how just, like, formative Rebecca Gay's art was to so many people when they were getting into the game, and especially somebody who really liked art and, like, that kind of... I, I thought I was going to go into art for, like, the longest time, and then I was like, oh, yeah, no, I like the science thing, and I can't actually just do both, so... Art was also, like, mm. way more work than science was, so... <laughs> really? That's... I'm surprised to hear you say that. Yeah, again, I think it's part of, like, the AD, it's the ADHD thing, where, like, art is, like, sustained work over time, Whereas, like, I was really good at high school and just got good grades on tests. So that was, like, it okay. was a lot less work. Um, I could still play, like, StarCraft until, like, four in the morning with all my, like, dumb friends and then just, like, pass the AP Physics test. Versus, like, AP Art was, like, I think AP Art was the worst AP grade I ever got in high school. Because uh, <laughs> I actually had to turn stuff in. Like, I had to turn in finished products. Whereas, like, AP Bio, AP Physics, AP Chem. I didn't take AP Chem. I wish I would have taken AP Chem. 
if you're in high school, right sure. now, consider taking AP Chem. It's like the hardest intro class in college. Uh, take mm -hmm. it in high school if you can. Yeah. Um, yeah, you challenge while you still can at a young age. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, back back to magic. You got into magic yes, with Lorwyn, yes. and then yeah. And then um, yeah. So that was around the time that I was like I was like doing again when you're when you're like 14, you seem to have all the energy in the world because like we were into magic. Like I had a like I had a World of Warcraft guild that I was like super involved in. We were playing Starcraft. Like I used to be able to Zerg rush really good, and I absolutely can't do that. Of course. The carpal tunnel. Um, and then I also was running, like, I think I had like three jobs, like three after school jobs in high school. And, but then I really wanted to do this cosplay thing because a few friends of mine had like mentioned that like there was this kid. So we're in, I'm in Milwaukee and I actually like, I, I went off to college. I went all around and then I ended up coming back to Milwaukee, of course, like whatever lame, like Midwest story here. Um, but they there's a big anime convention in Chicago, like kind of right around like the O'Hare area called Anime Central. And some of my friends had gone to it and they were like, there's this thing that you can go to and people were dressed up like it was Halloween, but they were anime characters. And it was the coolest thing. And I had like never heard of that before because I... I loved, like, I was the kid who, like, I loved, like, dressing up and wearing, like, kind of crazy outfits. Obviously, nothing has changed. Um, so <laughs> when I heard that, I was like, I, we need, we need to go. So we made these costumes that were, like, I, like, my grandma helped me. And it was, like, I took apart, like, one of her, like, ball gowns. That was probably worth more than, like, much more than the costume. Because my grandmother was this, like, crazy Eastern European lady who just had, like, an entire closet full of just beautiful gowns. And we took one apart and we made me like this. It's like, mm, what if I was this like anime girl with this black outfit from this manga that these like, you know, like whatever. It was ridiculous. But it was so much how, fun. How, did, were you were you already into anime and manga? Like that yeah, sort of culture? Definitely, yeah, definitely. I mean, like I watched, I grew, we, I mean, again, so I was, I'm a, I'm 32. So I was like, kind of at all the right ages to hit a lot of the stuff. Like I was super into Sailor Moon, Pokemon obviously hit like right at the right time. Uh, I mean, Dragon Ball Z was never like super my jam because I didn't like the art style, honestly, but I liked, I liked it. Um, and then we had all kinds of stuff, all the kind of like Final Fantasy hit right around that time too, which also uh, yeah, had yeah. that same influence. Yeah. You've done a couple um, of those characters too, I believe. Yep. I, yeah, I, yeah, I definitely have. So <laughs> it was, it was the place, it was the time of, it was the, it was the best of times. It was the worst was of times because you had to go to Suncoast. It was just the best of times. There was no, there was it, no worst. Well, I mean, you had to go to Suncoast and pay $40 for like a single VHS. Oh uh, yeah. Like yeah. Things used to be a heck of a lot more expensive. Yeah. yeah. I, I remember like, like buying anime DVDs, like the legal ones. And yeah, there, it was like three episodes on a disc and it was like, you know, $40 or $30 imported. Yeah, yeah it, I like, get yeah, you. That, that, and that, that was what it was. Like, this is not adjusted for inflation. This is what it was in 2004. Like, this is what we paid mm -hmm. for it. Um, and like, I mean, obviously we had, you know, we went online and pirated whatever. Don't say that maybe. Like, we, absolutely, <laughs> we absolutely did. Like, names yeah. have been changed. Yes. Shout out to, uh, was it Napster and Kazaa yeah, and all these Napster cool Kazaa, things? Yeah, you could download a few episodes of some cool new thing from Japan. And Listen to some ruined, MP3s on Winamp. Uh, and never mind. Ruin the yeah. computer, yeah, while you were at it. Absolutely. <laughs> 
Okay. Um, so, so you got into cosplay. What was that first experience like actually going to that event? It was, I mean, I don't want to jump to conclusions here, but <laughs> it, it was definitely like, it was, it was amazing. Like we had a great time. We were like 14 and really dumb. Um, but it also like, I'm very glad that conventions are more like family friendly now. Cause we absolutely should not have been by ourselves as like three 14 year old girls walking around in costume. That was like not a thing. And I, like, and it wasn't our parents' fault. Like, they didn't know. Like they didn't know what was going on. They were just like, oh, it's anime, whatever. They can go there. We're going to go to Ikea right. and shop. We'll drop them off. And Sydney's going with her friends. So what could go wrong, right? We, yeah, there was, we absolutely, like, I don't think we saw another person who was our age. It was like absolutely just all people who were like, at least, you know. How like, many 45 year old men tried to talk to you guys? I, like, I don't know, probably a lot. Like, luckily, like, <laughs> like again, like this is, I would not advise this to anyone. This was like, it was not our parents' fault. They didn't know what we were doing. We just like, were excited. They thought it was going to be like, I don't know, going to like Mall of America dressed up a little bit or something, right? Like, or like going, I don't know. It was just Halloween, right? Halloween convention. Yeah. yeah. So I'm really glad that modern conventions have much more of a like, better legitimate atmosphere and again, I don't even, like i don't even necessarily blame the convention for this like they mm -hmm. it, it we just nobody really knew what it was i i think at the time god i don't even know because i again i was like 14 and my brain hadn't formed entirely yet but i don't know how many people were there was now like before uh covid i think asin was pulling in close to like fifty thousand people so now it's this massive event. And I think at that point it was probably, I mean, it had to be closer to like five, maybe, maybe mm -hmm. like seven and a half, but it couldn't mm -hmm. even have been like, I, I don't know. I don't really remember. It, it was, it was really fun though. Like we had a great time. We luckily were just kind of like dancing through and I, I don't know. I was like a like angry, feisty child. So I'm sure if anybody like was too obnoxious, I probably just like hissed at them or something. I was absolutely yeah. the 14 year old who just like made dinosaur noises with people. I really haven't changed very much. So before we go on to your, before we keep going with your cosplay thing, like what were you like as a kid? Cause you had mentioned that, you know, you're, you're, you're just a smart kid. You know, you, you didn't really have to try that hard to do well in school, except for certain subjects. And, uh, you played a lot of Starcraft and you liked the Zerg rush, but how would you describe yourself as a youngster? Like, you know, as a teenager or young adult? story is like pretty similar to any of those like hey i'm a millennial who is like a formerly gifted kid like kind of situation um like my parents were pretty staunchly middle class like they were both very good people um but they didn't really know what to do with me um not necessarily in a bad way. They were, they were very like, again, they drove us to like, they just dropped us off in weird anime costumes in a place. So like, it's absolutely, they were very supportive, but not really, they didn't really know quite what to do. And yeah, it was a lot of the like, yeah, I don't quite know why I can't sit down and do homework, but I definitely can do good on tests and be okay on stuff. So I'm sure it'll be fine. Um, but yeah, I was always really, really good at science. Like I, I, I was also like peak, like Bill Nye and like Miss Frizzle generation. Um, so I, I grew yeah, up. Yeah, we're in the same generation. So I remember Bill Nye, the science guy. Yeah. I, I grew 
grew up on like Miss Frizzle. Like she was, she's still like my icon. I still have to make the Miss Frizzle costume at some point. I haven't made it yet, but uh, <laughs> that's that's definitely one that I have to do. Um, but yeah, uh, and I had I had one brother growing up too, who we were pretty close. So he was only like two and a half years younger than me. So we were both like just like the really nerdy like science kids. Like I was the kid who I don't know when somebody like you know another child was like you know, well, dolphins are fish. And I'd be like, well, no, actually they are not fish. They are these because they are mammals and this is how they go. Cause I read about it. Blah, 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 it just, oh, okay. Just so you were the YouTube blah, blah. commenter on the science videos before I there was mean, such a thing. Yeah. But like the YouTube commenter who's correct though, like who's actually, actually right. Yeah. Factually, actually yeah. right. Right. Fact and, like, check. Also did yeah. it again. You do it in like the kind of like, you're so innocent that you just like, you don't even realize that you're kind of being an, I'm sure I was an asshole as a child, like to be clear, like I'm sure I was precocious. To be like, clear, I think most children are assholes, myself that's, included. That's so. true. That's true. A lot of children are assholes. But, you know, when, when children, like, interrupt someone or they, like, they correct someone, they do it in, like, a very earnest way. It's not like, you're wrong. It's a, no, no, no. Mm -hmm. This is how much cooler it is. Like, dolphins are actually Yeah, you get away mammals. with it because you're cute and you, yeah, you say it a like, certain way. Yeah, like, dolphins are actually mammals and that's so more interesting because they have this much more different evolutionary yeah. pattern. And I still do that to this day. Like. <laughs> it's, there have been there have been uh, many many a uh, late night magic the gathering content creator hangouts where somebody mentions something something about like killer whales and how they're like really scary right. and i'll be like you don't even know you can you be the resident know. scientist and fact checker that's awesome killer whales are. there's actually like a whole different cultural like cultural difference between killer whales that exist in pods and eat fish versus killer whales that like go transient by themselves and like kill seals and killer whales. it's well, yeah anyway but right um yeah, so it's it, that was kind of me as a kid, just a like a I wouldn't even say slightly more turned down version of myself because I got a little. Is, was your brother a gamer too? Did you guys yeah, play together absolutely. or like my brother? My brother and I like we grew up on. I, I remember when we finally got an N sixty four. Yeah. Because um, we were we weren't the first kids to have one, but we we eventually just kept asking for one, and we finally got the N sixty four, and we got Quest N sixty four, which was a really shitty game. Uh, it was a really bad game, but eventually we got some better ones. Um, but it's so bad that you still remember it to this day. It's, it's That's pretty horrible. memorable. It was really bad. It was so bad. Um, but I mean, we had you know we we played we played a lot of uh, a lot of Super Smash Bros. We played a lot of Pokemon Stadium. We played a lot of Pokemon mm -hmm. in general. Actually, Pokemon was yeah. a huge game. Um, What's your favorite Pokemon? Oh, my favorite, like the Pokemon game, or like my favorite single. No, Pokemon? actual Pokemon, Pokemon, like, as in the one that you want to catch. Ooh, that's really hard. Um... This is actually not a community submitted questions. I just kind of felt like asking. <laughs> uh, I mean, like Charmander is like very like Charmander is. It's red, one right? Of my favorites. It, it, it's like the easy one to pick, but like I literally have like a collection of them on my bed. That, that's I'm sure you have a tier list because you're you're analytical I, and. I have yeah. a team of six that I okay. like my Pokemon team of six that I would. That All I right, would give it to me. Capture and go. Yeah. So Charmander would be like my starter, obviously. Uh, my favorite EV is Espeon, so Espeon would be there. Uh, Lapras would be there because it's a dinosaur, even though it was a dinosaur before dinosaurs were there. Also, like, in all the Lapras art, it just has these, like, very awkwardly sultry eyes, and I love that for her. She's a queen. She knows what she wants, and I appreciate right. that. Right. Um, and then I love, uh, Honchkrow, which is, like, the Murkrow evolution. It's, like, this big, like, raven gangster man. Okay. We love, we love him. That's uh, a deep cut. I like it. Yeah, I, like, the thing I love about Pokemon is that, like, however doofy a Pokemon is, it is someone's favorite Pokemon. Right. 
which is just charming. Like that's that's just the genius of the whole thing. Yeah, how is that not the coolest thing ever? Like, like they keep making them, and somebody keeps making them. Somehow, us humans all associate with these these fictional things that all they do is grunt and just they just have one move. But it's like we're just into it. They say their name. They introduce themselves. That's true. That's true. Um, So that was four. Yeah. So Labyrinth, Honchkrow, Charmander, and Espeon. Um, and then Mew was my favorite legendary, mm. uh, cause it was a tiny little pink cat and I could never have cats when I was growing up cause I'm super allergic to cats. Um, mm. but I always wanted a cat and I also liked Mew cause it was kind of an asshole. Um, it was just this like tricksy little pink shithead. And I was like, I identify yeah. with that. I love it. And okay. Then, okay. Uh, my other favorite is uh, Garchomp, which is the land shark airplane dragon, um, right. from generation four. And also, like, it was okay. Cynthia's Pokemon, and she's, like, hot as fuck, so. Sorry. <laughs> oh, no, it's totally fine. I mean, you could say whatever you want. This is not a kid's show. This is <laughs> definitely not <laughs> for, for little kids who follow Tappy Toe Claws, uh, which I, I, I don't even know if there's a demographic. Like, oh, no. Okay. Okay. Well, we can we can, we can can censor it out later if it's you want. But you can say whatever me, you want. they already know what the word fuck is. It's fine. Okay. 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 <laughs> uh, Thank goodness for that. Uh, so yeah, so that's what you were like as a kid, and then you started your first cosplay. And how did your cosplay journey continue after that? Because it must have been interesting enough for you to actually, because you know how it is, right? Like maybe some of your friends are not that into it, but then somehow yeah. you're the one who keeps coming back to it. So how, describe yeah, your mindset, so, you know? So I kept, yeah. so I obviously like had a few cosplays that I made in high school, and it was it was always a fun thing because like I was never very good at sewing. Um, partially because like the first few times I tried it, it was really hard. And, um, I'm like, I, it's, it's that kind of thing where like, you, you like things that come more easily to you. Is that right? Like, like like science pick things up, like initially pretty easily, but sewing was really hard. And I like absolutely screwed my fingers up on some needles a few times that I was like, just really mad at it. Um, and then plus like, I don't know, there was a bunch of people who like told me that like only girls sewed. So then I was like, well, I'm not going to sew. Cause I don't want to just be like a girl. I don't want to set feminism back 50 years. I'm not like other girls. Cause that was, yeah, you're a rebel. Yeah. You want to go against the green. So then eventually I went to college. Um, and one of the first people that I met who ended up being, uh, my college roommate and is still like one of my best friends in the whole world. Um, her name is Sam. Uh, she does not play magic, but she's still a uh, kind of a formative friend of mine. And she was also really into cosplay and she was really good at sewing. Um, so she actually helped me make a few costumes that then we went to, like when we were in college, when we were like adults, <laughs> when we could finally make, make costumes. And then it was really fun. Cause I had people who like wanted to work on the projects with me. And then we would all like go to the convention together back when none of us had any money because we were in college. So we'd all cram in the back of somebody's car, somebody's like shitty car that could like barely make it to wherever we were going. And then we'd all cram in one hotel room. Uh, like there would be like 10 of us in a hotel room. Don't do this anymore. Um, Sounds uh, like magic, basically. And it was, it was honestly, <laughs> magic it was, players. That a lot of the stories that like some of the early tournament grinders are very similar to, and again, we weren't even competing. We just wanted to like go and dress up and like be weirdos. Yeah. Um, and then in college, so in addition to like meeting this rad girl, Sam, I met a bunch of other friends and they were just trying to start an anime and like nerd convention in our college town kind of the the first year that I got into college, they were trying to get this thing off the ground. Okay. Grassroots kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I, they were, they were like, Hey, like, 
did, do, do you want to help out? We need people to like be staff or whatever. And I was like, I've never been staff. I don't know, but I've gone to like in, in, in the, in the scale of high school. And then that first year of college, I had probably had like, I don't know, 10 conventions under my belt or something. And I was like, I can do this. Um, so yeah, then we were like, then we suddenly started a convention. Um, and again, I don't want to like, I, I came in, like, I was a, I, I was a, I was a first year member, but I wasn't like a founding member. Those were like, like a certain, like slight set of other people who are my friends, but like, wasn't quite in on that. So yeah, then we started Daishokan, uh, which if anybody's familiar with Wisconsin, um, that was a convention in Wisconsin that ran until 2020, basically when things kind of fell apart because of the, um, pandemic and the whole lot of other things. So just to um, clarify, you're from Milwaukee, but you also went to school in Milwaukee. Is that right? Sorry, sorry. I, I'm from, um, I, well, I, I'm kind of from all over the place, but we ended up in Wisconsin for college or sorry, for, uh, high school. And then I went to yep. college in Wisconsin. I went to college gotcha. in Stevens Point, uh, because it was way cheaper than UW Madison, which is where everybody else went. Um, mm -hmm. it was like $10,000 cheaper. So <laughs> since we, Oh, that's a big that, difference. Yeah, yeah. That seemed like a, and they also like, did they did the thing where they like, took all my AP classes? So like, I was just like, all right, cool. And I ended, I think I ended up getting out of high school and or and then I think I ended up getting out of college in like two and a half years or three years instead of four. Um, oh, I that's just, like, that's way that's way better economically. Yeah. Yeah. So I just like I just they, they took all my AP credits. I crammed a few summers worth of classes in. I took some twenty one credit semesters and I graduated early. So. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Because that was so that was pretty good. But so we did this like Daishokan thing in Stevens Point, Wisconsin, um, basically smack dab, like middle of the state. People are going to get mad at me talking about Wisconsin as a mitten because they like to think Detroit's a mitten, but whatever. Green Bay's here. Like Milwaukee's here. Uh, so Stevens Point. So we started this Daishokan thing. And uh, that's where I met like a lot of my friends and a lot of my like convention contacts when like once I stopped working for Daishokan, I still kind of had all these people in my back pocket who were convention people at that point. Like we brought in a DJ who needed a chance to try to DJ for the first time and Daishokan gave him that chance and now he's my best friend. <laughs> like, um, so it's, it's, it was wild. It was like a very, just a, this like crazy centripetal force of just people bringing together to make a convention for nerds in the center of Wisconsin. Yeah, I mean, you found your tribe, right? It sounds mm -hmm. like. It was very much that. And obviously, like, some of it's kind of paired off. But, like, the there's a lot of the key people there who are still, again, like, my, you know, several of my, like, best friends, people who I would consider, like, very, very close to me are, that's, that's where we all met. So. So here's a bit of an insider question, which is the whole cosplay, because you've been doing this for over a decade, right? So yeah. Yeah. What is it that keeps you tethered to it? Is it the community? Is it just like, there's some intrinsic challenges in the execution of it? Or is it something else? Cause I'm not a cosplayer. So I kind of want to understand kind of how you approach it. Um, it's probably like more introspective than I've actually like gotten in a while. I think part of it is that like, there's so many different skills about it. Like, obviously like there's like, the very basic, like, if you're going to make a costume, you need to learn how to sew, whatever, which again, I didn't sew for the longest time, but 
Uh, I mean, you also need to like learn how to make wigs. You need to now learn how to, or, or not technically, I mean, and again, I don't want to say that any of these are like necessary skills to cosplay. You can kind of start anywhere, but like, there's mm-hmm. always something more to learn and always something yep. more to try. Like there's always a new technique that somebody has come up with or a new material that's out there to try. And there's always a new project, right? Like there's always some new like character that you're just like, oh, I don't need to be here. I need to make this. And then- I, I can imagine there's always like, you know, 20 projects in your backlog that you could do, right? Yeah. Oh, so absolutely. it's and I, limitless. And, then, and half of them are like started or I bought some of the fabric for it and it's just sitting in my basement. Um, well, I think part of it too is, um, and again, I, I will freely admit it. Like I just dressing up is fun. Like it's fun to put on a whole face of makeup and a crazy wig and look like a totally different person and like also like feel really good about yourself too. Uh, that's definitely something. There's definitely costumes that I put on that I'm suddenly like, I hate this whole thing. Like this was a bad, this was a, <laughs> this was a bad choice and I hate it. Usually because it's like, I, I made Is it the bad. discomfort or is it just like, you don't like the details on it or something usually, like that? Usually for me, at least it's like, I should have taken longer on this costume. Like I should have made it the right way, but instead I gave myself two months to make a costume that should have taken me like four months to make. And so I cut a bunch of corners mm-hmm. and now it's on me and I hate it. And that's, that doesn't often happen to be clear. Like that's usually like, there's, yeah. a, there's a few like key moments that I can think of where I've put a costume on and been like, Oh, cause oh, with time you get to know yourself better. Yeah. So now, you know, if it's four months, it's four months, right? Yep. Absolutely. And now I have a pretty good idea of like, this is exactly what I can do in a month, both like with my time and also there's certain things that like, uh, for, um, obviously like fabric and sewing is pretty easy. You're just like, okay, you just have to put in the hours in front of the sewing machine and make sure that it goes. But there's other things when you're trying to make like armor pieces and you're trying to make props and these kind of like more crafty than sewing kind of things. Um, there's certain things that you just like a, a set of primer, like it needs four hours to cure. Like it doesn't matter. Like it. Chemically, it will not set faster than that. Sometimes you have to set it overnight. So you're just like, okay, it will take like at least three days to make. It doesn't matter how much I work on it, right? Like there's only so much that I can do in terms of like me being industrious and me working hard versus like chemicals can set in this time. Yeah. So, and there's definitely so are some you- of that. Are you attracted by the, it sounds like you're attracted by the challenge of it in some way, but then are you attracted to the challenge in terms of the uncertainty of like coming up with it or the certainty of knowing that you will come up with it? I'm not sure. I think honestly, like it, I, I think sometimes I, I am just like a, I'm just a magpie and I just see like a shiny thing and I'm like, oh, I want to make that. Like I, like there's, again, there's so many things that I could make that I obviously just don't have, like, I'm only one person and I only have one house and so many materials and they cost money. So there's only mm-hmm. so much that I can do. Um, but it's definitely part of it is there's projects that I think there's a difference between projects that I'm like, oh, I can make this and I know I can do this in a week or like whatever. I know I can get this costume done in a month. And by a month, it's usually like, how many weekends do I have in the month? I have three free weekends. I can work like, you know, eight hours on a Saturday and like each of those I can bash it out. Cool. Like that's usually how I do my math in my head. Um, so obviously again, I have a day job that I work. So, um, whereas like if I have a challenge project, I'll usually be like, 
I wonder if I can make this one part of it. And if I can make the one part of it, then the rest of it can come together pretty easily. So I'll usually be like, all right, can I, can I, can I make like the one weird thing? Can I make the weird wig? Can I find the wig in those colors? Or can I make this weird staff thing? Or can I find a dress pattern that I want to make? And can I like it? Or can I, sometimes it's as simple as like, can I find a fabric that I actually really like? Because it's, it's, it's oddly hard to find certain kinds of uh, fabric for certain things. And that's one thing that has gotten like phenomenally better. Um, there's a, there's been a, like, obviously a huge um, popularization of cosplay and of like, of, of cons and just of cosplay and like kind of the whole lifestyle is maybe not the right word, but kind of the whole hobby as, as a, as a genre of things that people can do. So not only is there now just like a incredible surplus of like cosplays that you can just buy. Like when I was in college and high school, obviously you couldn't just like, you couldn't have even gone and bought like a Scarlet Witch costume, which was like a right. character that people in theory, like knew who she you was. You could now start from a foundation and alter it basically. You don't even have to start from a foundation. You just buy a Scarlet Witch costume for less than right. you can make it for like typically. And again, like, a, a really nice, high-quality, like, pre-made costume is still going to cost you probably between, like, depending on how complicated it is and how many pieces there are, it's going to cost you between 50 and $300. But let me tell you, as somebody who's made a bunch of costumes, that is less than the, like, materials that I can buy to make it for you. Or I can yeah. buy to make it for myself. Like, obviously, if I wanted to make a Scarlet Witch cosplay, which I, that was the thing that I kind of wanted to do for a while, and now I'm kind of off of it just because... There's, well, what I are think, your what are your notions about like uh, is there such a thing as cosplay integrity? Like you know, like doing something that's pre-made versus like I have to do it from scratch. Is there some so, feelings about that? I I think there's some feelings about it, but they they're it's very it's it's complicated. It, well, honestly, I, I shouldn't. I'm it's not complicated. If you want to go to an event and you want to wear a costume, it is no different if you buy one or if you make one. If you just want to mm -hmm. be a person in a costume, you should do whatever is within your ability or financial capability or borrow one or whatever. If you just want to wear a costume, mm -hmm. you absolutely should. It, again, like it's fun. Like I said, the reason I keep doing this is because I like dressing up like a weirdo. It's fun. It's fun to put on a face of makeup and have an excuse to look pretty. Right? Like it's, mm -hmm. it's really cool. Or an excuse to look like a man because I've absolutely dressed myself up like a man before. Um, or a fish person. Like Jace or certain characters, yeah. Yeah, because I've been Jason, I've been Ral, and I've been a fish. Like, <laughs> so, if, <laughs> like, you should, like, if you want to dress up, you should. And there is no difference of somebody, right. like, walking around on a convention floor in a costume that they bought versus a costume that they made. Yeah. Like, we should, should minimize that sort of elitism or, like, gatekeeping, absolutely right? Absolutely not. Like, there is absolutely... And, and I don't think, like, I think the highest tier cosplayers, I think every single one of them who is worth their salt and who has mm. ever, like, struggled to make something would, would, would say the same thing as me. Like, there is no mm. wrong way to cosplay. Like, if you want yeah. to have a costume and dress up, we're all just weirdos. We all just want to dress up. Right. That being said... There is a difference, like, there are costume, there are cosplay contests, and obviously that's an entire different animal, because then you're entering, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. you're entering, like, you're, you're consenting and entering. You're literally consenting to being judged you're on something. You're asking to yeah. be judged. 
Which again, like I, there's a reason like I don't do that. Like I know that I have costumes that I have entered to for costume contests and I've, I've won some, like nothing major, like nothing that I have an award for, but I've won some small regional things because people are like, hey, that wig looks really nice. And I like the way that you uh, like finished that like armor piece that you had. Great, cool. But I, I also like, I know what I'm about, right? Like I could make a costume and I can perfectly French scene every piece of fabric that I have on there so I don't have any flyaways on my satin stitching and stuff. But I also know that like, probably making a costume in half the time that it should be made in and i'm gonna make it look so that it looks good enough from six feet away <laughs> that's my goal like i want you to be able to look at me and be like oh that is exactly what that character is it looks great and i don't want anybody to pick apart my hands because i uh, did i did not have time to make them even the way that i knew that they should be done like i know how to do it right, right? a lot of the times i right um, and, and again, like those are two different things too, right? Like, um, there's actually a really interesting trend in cosplay right now, um, where it's changing from a very like craftsmanship forward, uh, situation where like when people used to go to cons and there was like these huge cosplay craftsmanship contests at like a C2E2, like the big major comic cons, I mean, they give away like I think top prize at some of these places was like $10,000, $5,000 for like best in show for craftsmanship, which is phenomenal. Very cool. Whereas like we had, you know, two years where we didn't have events of any kind. Um, and suddenly like TikTok is now a thing and everything's so much closer to your face versus mm. further away. So there's a big shift. And now there's, and, and again, there's no value, like value statement attached to this. It's just like a, an observation. But there's a lot more people who now have, like, way better makeup skills, and they're all in, like, pre-bought costumes. So it's just interesting to kind of see, like, obviously none of those are really, like, better or worse. They're just, like, fundamentally different. Like, one of them is very much like a, this is, like, I'm, I'm really beautiful and cute, and I know exactly how to do the perfect makeup to make myself look good from this close while I do this cute little TikTok dance, versus, like, I'm going to spend six months making to get the to get the seam or whatever it is yeah or even like i'm gonna track down exactly the right kind of like damask silk that i need for this grain that i've been seeing in like six frames of this anime that i looked up mm -hmm. and they're both just like mm -hmm. it's, it's almost hard to both call them cosplay like they both are but they're both fundamentally like a different side of what it is and neither of them is better in any way it's just like it, it becomes difficult to kind of assess how they all function when you like when you put the really good craftsmen on tiktok and they don't have and they don't have like the camera skills or the editing skills and then the tiktoker with the beautiful makeup with the store-bought costume goes to the con and then is wondering why people aren't ex as excited about like as uh, like as excited for them as they are for like the guy in like the massive foam armor costume that he made or whatever right. you know, what have you it could also be like the person in like the full werewolf suit with whatever you know with the full like furry mask that they have and they look like the werewolf from Elden Ring or the werewolf from Bloodborne or whatever you know like it's they're, yeah. they're very different skills and neither of them are better than the other they're just different which is cool
And, and it's hard for one individual to have all these things because yeah. unless you have a production team, that's like, you know, you have a camera crew, you have like someone for your TikTok, you have someone for your, you know, YouTube documentary on the making of the cosplay. Mm -hmm. Like, it's very hard to master all of these things. So I guess for most people, they kind of just have to pick a lane. Like, I want to be here and I, I don't want, I probably have to be here rather than here. So there's kind of like, uh, I don't know what the right term is, like trade-offs you have to make, right? You kind of just have to specialize, right? Or, like, you can kind of just do the thing where you can just be a jack-of-all-trades and kind of suck at all of them. Like, you can kind of just be, or, or or not suck, I shouldn't say. You can just be adequate at all of them. Average, yeah. Uh, which is kind of where I like to think that, like, I normally am. Like, I wouldn't call myself the best at anything that I do, I don't think. Um, I think I'm just pretty good, or, like, I think I'm passable like most of the things that I need to do to be a content creator. But that, that's kind of, that's kind of what you have to be. I mean, maybe we're talking about cosplay, but also as a content creator, right? In a yeah. way it's like, you kind of have to be a generalist by design, right? You have I to be so. like, I, you have to be good at a bunch of things, maybe not amazing, but you have to know a bunch of things. Well, and I think in content and in cosplay too, uh, for that matter, like there's, there's people who will get very, very well known for like a thing that they do. Like there's absolutely right. people in the cosplay community who've gotten really, really big on Instagram for like the perfect wigs that they make or like, I was just going to say wigs, even though I don't know anything about this. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I learned about wigs, like by again, literally just like smashing my head up against something. And like, a few, you know, we all had like the same three tutorials that we worked with in the early 2010s. And now there's so many too. That's the other great thing about cosplay is in addition to, um, all of the pre-made cosplays that you can get. There are so many more materials too. So if you want to be somebody who wants to learn how to sew or how to make foam armor, or how to style wigs or whatever, you can just like go to YouTube and type in like style character from Final Fantasy wig. And there, like, there will be people who have put up their whole thing about how they did that wig. And it's phenomenal. Like, God bless those people who do that, right? And a lot of them have Patreons right. and a lot of them have Etsy stores where you can buy... I mean, I just made a costume yeah. that um, I bought an Etsy pattern for like $3 for these foam right. head wings from these like crazy characters from Dark Soccer's from Marvel versus Capcom uh, that we all played yeah. when it was like 2010. And it was amazing. Like we didn't have those kind of resources. And it's so cool to see now that we do that the community has gotten so much bigger. Like there are people who make like cosplay quality personalized individual costumes just like go to a party or go to halloween or go to comic-con once like that's so cool right. so in, in yeah, a lot yeah. of ways like it, it's it's weird and we kind of have to suss out like what we're gonna do about and not that anything really needs to be done but there is this divide in the community kind of between like TikTok and heavy crafters and whether there are people who there's a whole debate about like what's more skillful to make like should you be able to, you know, like pleat every perfect side of this fabric or like this guy made six foot tall armor, what's better? And like, that's hard to say. Um, so there's, there's absolutely like still qualifying debates about yeah. things that like really don't need to be debates. Like in a perfect world, we'd just be able to be like, these things are all good. They're just different. But of course, yeah. like. I think, I think debates are just the ways that it's just the way that we as humans just sort of like, uh, externalize our passion. Right. Because, you know, it's Absolutely. happened since time immemorial. I mean, 
there's debates about, you know, EDH versus CEDH. There's debates about what you just said. There's debates about what's the better console, like Nintendo or Sega back in the day. Oh, excuse I'm sure you, it's PC, still are. obviously. PC, obviously, yeah. It's obviously the Commodore. <laughs> Never mind. Um, <laughs> dating myself. But I think it's just kind of natural when you get really... I think I think it's like a combination of human nature and you're yeah. so invested in your lane that you have to somehow uh, highlight yourself by maybe saying that another lane is not as yep. good for some reason. Which again, yeah. like I yeah. wish I wish there was a way in like again, probably the fundamental human psyche to like flip that switch and be like be able to advocate for your own position without simultaneously like shitting on another one. Like it's not a like it's not a yeah. teeter totter, right? Like one position can also just you, you, we can both just be good like yeah. we can just say that like makeup skills and armor skills are also really important and if you want to be the best cosplayer in the world you should learn both and i think right. i think part of that reason is also like it's just it's it's just more work to say that like yeah if you want to be the best cosplayer you should learn how to do armor and also learn how to like even guys like Put a little bit of foundation and some eyeliner on will just make you look better in photos. Hate to say it, like, right? Sorry. Yeah, um, yeah. So that kind yeah. of thing. But yeah, I think I think there's definitely. I, I mean, it exists in every community and absolutely exists in cosplay. I I mean, I've been lucky yeah. enough that like I haven't really like had to be a content creator specifically for cosplay. I just kind of did a audible into magic cosplay. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. and I kind of before, just... before we go more into that, I do yeah. want to like touch on something you said previously, which is, Please. I think it's a very underappreciated aspect of cosplay, which is like the mental aspect of it. And I'll clarify what I mean here. I I'll just preface this by saying that I am someone who loves how things are made. Like, you know, instead of like watching the sports team, I'll, I'll be reading about like how this team is run. I like the behind sure. the scenes stuff. So, um, I think there's a, big part of cosplay that I can sense even as an outsider being like how the thing is made matters, but there's also kind of a spectrum where you don't want to overdo it because if you overdo it, it gets too inside baseball. It's too yeah. like gatekeeper ish. And it's too much like I can do this and you can't naturally if you're an audience. Right. Um, but then there's also another part of the spectrum, which is just kind of like, I just enjoy it because I'm, I'm happy. And I feel like there needs to be kind of a happy medium of like skill versus just having fun. And I'm wondering how you see that. Uh, maybe this is a f false dichotomy, but this is something that I sense as someone who appreciates cosplayers, even though I'm not in it. I don't, I mean, I don't think it's a false dichotomy so much as like, it's definitely like an observable phenomenon, right? Is like, you see people who are in costumes that again, like pe people who are in costumes that look professional and, and again I, like I, I still even like hesitate to call myself a professional cosplayer even though like I know I am because I like I definitely do not have the skill set of some other people that I know but then I would also like I don't know I guess and I'm not like trying to be humble it's just it's still kind of odd to even talk about it that way because I also like in in my mind my definition of what cosplay is is like it's kind of the whole thing. It's like not only making the costume, but it's also like making sure that you make it on time because your contractor gave you X amount of time and you have to be able to yeah. do that 
There's yeah. like the project management, the scheduling aspect of it. Yeah. So yeah. like in my mind, that's what being a professional cosplayer means to me. Whereas like somebody else might be somebody who makes costumes and, and like mm -hmm. does commission work. And that's still like a professional cosplayer. So I think part of it is that just like the term cosplay is just very broad. Mm -hmm. So uh, I think it's like magic player. It's it, too it general. Yeah. yeah. It originated like, I don't know, 20, 30 years ago. I think it was just a portmanteau of costume and play and like play. They just put it together mm -hmm. in cosplay. Um, mm -hmm. So like, it was just a thing that people did. And uh, so I think part of it's that, I guess, since the term is so broad, I don't think there's any wrong way to do it. I think it's kind of for better or probably maybe in this case for worse on the onus of like the individual to be like, this is what it means to me to cosplay. And unfortunately that also puts you in the situation where when you get into uh, like a public place or a public forum like Twitter, you suddenly have all these people with various definitions of what being a cosplayer means or the act of cosplay means. And then they all have to kind of cohabit in this space. And usually like in theory, that could be great. Um, it, it sometimes very much is, sometimes it's great. Like there are absolutely times I, I like, I don't want to just like shit talk and like sound like a total Debbie Downer here because there are absolutely- Sure, maybe the one time out of 10 is great. <laughs> I, I don't even think it's the one time out of 10. I think we hear about the times that it's bad. I don't think sure. we hear about the times that it's good. That's true. Uh, I, I think that's what it is. And especially- It's like, like the Twitter, silent majority effect kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, I think on like Twitter, like the, the, the conversations that are bad are like the ones that get screen capped and Amplified. Like this yeah. person said yeah. that armor was better than sewing. And like, that's a valid debate, but like, it's sad that we have to have it every six months. Whereas like, right. I think like when I'm, and this isn't even like a touch grass kind of thing. This isn't even like an in-person uh, interactions are always better than they are like online. That's absolutely not true. I've had so many interactions where I've seen so many where like people online are just like, oh yeah, like somebody posts this beautiful cosplay picture and like some baby cosplayer who's like, you know, 16 or whatever, uh, is like, oh my God, that's so cool. How did you do that? And then like somebody says like, oh, this is how I did it. Here's all like the YouTube tutorials that I used and something. And that person probably went and like learned a bunch and that's cool. Like how could they have ever done that without the internet? Like unless their local library had like some patterns for that specific cosplay, like how would they have ever done that? And I, I think right. so much of the good stuff doesn't get amplified, unfortunately, but I think, um, I, I think there is a better, like there, there's definitely more net good than net bad. Cause like the community keeps growing. Like there's obviously something here that people enjoy. Mm -hmm. Um, and people keep kind of doing it and people keep producing content for it. And obviously some people are doing it because they get paid for it. Me, like me, and plenty of other people more talented than me. That's but, probably the minority, right? Most people are doing it because they just I enjoy it. I think most people it. are yeah. just doing it, and it's, it's a very expensive hobby. Like, not only the cost of, like, the fabric and the materials and, like, the hardware to do it. Obviously, like, a sewing machine is, like, $200 for, like, a mm -hmm. decent one, right? And the glue gun. And, and time. Time is expensive, too. And your time. So. And then also, like, going to the, like, event. Like these events like right. hotels, I mean, a badge for one of these events, like is usually between like 40 and $80 now to go to. So these aren't like mm -hmm. minuscule amounts of money that people are putting into this hobby. Obviously people love it. Um, right. I don't really know exactly how to solve kind of that dearth of like, I think there's a lot more love here than there is the yeah. very, very loud minority. And unfortunately, well, is there something, is there something that you wish that 
people who are fans of cosplay and maybe not people who are doing the cosplay because i think people doing cosplay maybe have a bit more empathy but people who are just fans like me like looking at your Flickr gallery and be like this is really cool that tappy's doing this stuff like is there something that you wish fans like us could internalize if you could like tell them one thing yes um the one thing that i hope that every fan of mine or anyone who is a fan of like a famous cosplayer if you see somebody who is doing a like the same cosplay that I have done? Do not ever tell them that like you think mine is better. Like if you see somebody in a Joyra costume or an it's not a costume, it's not a contest or anything. Yeah. Like do not ever like say that like oh you're, this is good, but like Tappy Toeclaws is like my favorite one. And it's like that's like I love to hear that I'm yeah. your favorite Joyra. I love to hear that my dress high fashion Elish Norn was the one that you liked. They do not need to hear that though. Like that person has mm -hmm. 300 Twitter followers and the only interaction that they're going to get on that picture is them like hearing that you think that I'm better than them, which I don't even care. Like objectively, whatever, like this is not about that. Like I don't care mm -hmm. that I'm objectively better. I might not be, I might be, I don't care. That's not the issue. I don't mm -hmm. need to know that I am better than mm -hmm. somebody else. I am already yeah. like, I'm good. I've made it. I am happy where I am. That person yeah. needs to hear that. Like, that's really cool. You should just tell them like, it, it's, it's like, I hate, like, I hate to say like that. If you can't say anything nice, don't say anything at all. But like, just it's tell them true, though. about it. Just be like, I love this character. You did a good job. That's all you need to say. Right. That's all right. you need to say. Like, absolutely. Right. Like, it's, it's not a contest, right? It's, it's not like every not every Joyra in existence needs to be benchmarked, right? Yeah, absolutely. There's like people couldn't play Magic if there wasn't like six thousand copies of like a single Joyra card, right? There doesn't need to be yeah. one cosplayer. Like I, I get it. Like I'm glad that mm -hmm. I'm the one that people like, but I think it's really cool that other people love this character as much that they wanted to like put in all that effort to do it. Um, yes. the other thing that I would say just as a general, that's, that's the big thing, especially as like somebody who has like a platform and that's absolutely happened before. And again, people do it like, and they think it's like a nice thing to do. And you're um, just like, you're just groaning because they're, they're also like tagging you in the replies, which uh -huh. is like, why, why are you doing this? This is stupid. Right. And then I had yeah. like, I have ruined this person's day. Otherwise too, the other thing I would say about cosplay, if somebody is not asking for criticism, don't give it. Like, there's absolutely a time and a place for for constructive criticism. And again, you should never give criticism just to tear it down. It should always be like a... And again, this is coming from somebody who can look yeah. at a picture and be like, oh, the person didn't quite hand their scenes the right way, and they should have yeah. primed their stuff with this, and they used the wrong paint, whatever. There is a place for that. If they ask you how they could improve, that's when you tell them. If they yes. don't, if they're just posting a picture to Twitter, like, hey, I really like... I liked my costume today and I posted a picture of it. Just don't like it costs you absolutely nothing to just scroll past. Just, yeah. just scroll past. Just look at go out like and I'm not even saying touch grass. Like pet your dog. Just go to anywhere else. <laughs> just look at anything else instead of that. Right. Um, right. And then the other or just hit the like button. There's a reason why they only have a like button, and and there's no there's a reason why there's no dislike button. There's just just hit the like button and and just keep scrolling. Don't have to say anything. Like, and yeah. you don't have to say like, oh, I like that, but I would have done it this way. It's like it wasn't your costume. Then Suppress that lizard brain. Yes. Well, otherwise, <laughs> like, otherwise, then do it that way. Yeah. 
the best way mm-hmm. to prove someone wrong is to just do it and then just don't tag yeah. them in the, the, the replies, you goon. Um, right. And then the, the obviously, like, the final thing that I would say is that, like, cosplay is about the outfit, the wig, and the makeup. It is not about, like, someone's skin color or, like, the size of them. Or even, like, whether they're a man or a woman. Like, I've cosplayed Jace and Ralz Eric. Like, and, like, people were like, these costumes are really cool. And I was like, yeah. And then I spoke and they were really confused. Um, but it, it's absolutely not about that. Cosplay is about the parts of you that, like, and I don't even want to make this sound bad, but like the, the external parts of yourself that you can, like, change and mold and adapt. It is not about, like, the stuff that you obviously can't change. Like, every year we have to have a whole conversation about some, like, some beautiful cosplayer with, like, a dark complexion is cosplaying somebody who's pale. And then we have to have the conversation about, like, this character is white. And then somebody has to go, like, no, this character's from anime based in Japan. They're actually Asian. No, so this character is actually wrong. fantastical, so it's it, okay. And, yeah, or they're an alien or whatever. Like it's it's just ridiculous. It costs you nothing to like not shit on somebody who just happens to like mm. have a darker skin tone than the cosplayer, or have like you know be a little bit like thicker or a little bit bigger than that person. Like again, constructive criticism. If it like again, if somebody asked me and they were like, say say it was somebody who was plus size and they were cosplaying a character who was not plus size because a lot of characters aren't plus size let's be honest if somebody asked me for constructive criticism about how they could improve their cosplay i would make sure that their cosplay like fit them and flattered their shape because there are absolutely it's it's flattering for their contours right for them a lot of the times like the people who are doing it they absolutely know like they are they're absolutely making it that way you're just being a dick about it and again, if I think I think I think we also can't discount the fact that like you have to be pretty brave to even fucking cosplay in the first place. Yeah, so you know? don't shit on people for like going outside of their comfort zone already, right? And so many of the people who are in these comments too are people who have never cosplayed themselves, and I think a little bit of perspective goes a very long way in that. Like yeah. again, like I I'm a professional cosplayer, and I'm also like lucky enough to be like a four six like average woman, everything, dress size, whatever. But, like, even I know that, like, I have absolutely not looked good in some of my cosplay. Or even some of my cosplay pictures, too. That's the other thing. Yeah. It's like, sometimes you yeah. take a picture and it just doesn't look good on you. And it's just nothing you can do about that angle, that that lighting, and nothing you can do about it. So. Yeah. Yeah. As, as kind of a wrap-up is just, like, don't comment on something somebody can't change. Don't comment uh, with your criticism that's probably unwarranted. Uh, unless somebody explicitly asks for it. And even if they do mm-hmm. ask for criticism, remember the kind of constructive criticism thing? If it's not something they can change, don't even bring it up. It's like what yeah. we tell four-year-olds, right? Like, have you ever heard that? Yeah. Like, maybe it was just oh, yeah, yeah. Like, a kind of neurodivergent child. But I remember my mom telling me when I was little, is that like, it's the five-second rule of like, if somebody can't fix it in five seconds, don't tell them about it. Like, if it's not, like, a booger in their nose that they can get out before the picture, mm-hmm. you don't tell them about that thing. Like, if their right. haircut looks Or an unzipped fly or, or something. If yeah. yeah, if it's an unzipped fly or, like, you know, their shoelace is untied or their tie is crooked or something, you just don't tell them that. Right. Because what are they going to do with it, right? What can they do with it? That's they're the just, thing. They're going to internalize it and feel like shit for, like, the rest right. of who knows how long. Like, yeah. comments, like, comments cut really deep and compliments are very... That's the other thing, too, is, like, I can, I'm not above it. Like I can have 
freaking 50 people in a reply saying like, this is the best costume. Oh my God, it looks great. And then one person can be like, I think that shade of blue is like kind of wrong. I think it should be that. And it could be that innocuous. It could be nothing else. It could just be like, I think it's more of a, like a purple than it is a blue. And that is yep. all I will think about. That's the that one is, you're going to remember for the whole week. all yeah. I will think about about that costume. And then I like, right. I'll either change it or I'll never wear the costume again. Like, yeah. It, it it is it is like that much so yeah five seconds i've, I've never really i've never heard the five second rule until now but yeah. i definitely just have a rule which is like don't say something on the internet that you wouldn't say to someone's face basically yeah. like like because there are things that people say on the internet that i i hate to use violence but that could warrant a slap or a punch in real life like well, if you reason, actually went up a, to that person there's a reason people don't say it in real life that's the thing it's like there's a reason people don't say it face to face yeah yeah um Okay, I know you said that you go, you wanted to wrap this up, but no, no, I, no, no. I got plenty of time. Uh, okay, okay. Uh, no, I just meant the co the cosplay part. Yeah, but, no, um, but I I do also want to ask you, like, where are you on the spectrum of like cosplay in terms of really mentally becoming that character? Because I've seen varying aspects of it. There's some people that are just kind of like happy to to dress the part, and then they're still them. But when you are uh joyra or when you are I, I mean that's maybe not a great example because you're 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 role-playing and or acting in the video yeah. with uh with prof but like in general like are you on the i am that character camp or or are you somewhere else in that spectrum i would say that i'm like probably i'm probably like 25 percent like into like if if here is i don't want to act at all i'm like 25 yeah. percent into it because like, okay. I obviously, generally, I like the character. If I'm gonna go through the like, obviously, we've talked about the. You have an affinity, or you like the aesthetic, right? Yeah, yeah. obviously, I'm like into it or whatever. Um, but at the same time, there are certain people who you interact with at events who like don't wanna. They just wanna come up to you and be like, "Tabby, we know who you are." Like, "Tabby Tokbaz, will you sign my Joyra or whatever?" And they'll ask me to sign it whether I'm dressed as whomever, right? And they don't want to have me be like, haha, I'm Joyra, blah, blah, blah. They don't want to have to communicate in high elvish to you and stuff like that. They don't want to have to like do the whole shtick. Whereas like, yeah. alternatively, like some people will come up to me. It, it usually happens when I'm Joyra and people will come up to me when I'm Joyra and they will be like, they will like quote lines from like the prof videos and stuff. And Joy Joyra is like kind of a unique case though, because I, that character is like, yes, I'm acting, but that is kind of just me. Like that's just me turned up to like, 11 like that's right. me acting and then that just kind of yeah. became the personality of the character just by nature of prof's reach and yeah because the original joyra doesn't have much of a character yeah, let's be honest just a, it's just a card right on there. And she, she had always been one of my favorites and so when i met prof when we filmed that video he was just like uh you're you're perfect whatever you're doing is great and i'm like okay i'll just be manic because it's a blank canvas right yeah. which is awesome so like yeah. i just kind of took on the character and we just kind of ran with it but um yeah i would say that like most cosplayers, like, I, obviously most cosplayers is heavy air quotes, but most cosplayers are willing to, like, do a pose that is, like, very, like, like that character. Like, obviously when I'm Chandra, I'll, like, strike, like, very different, like, poses than, like, when I'm Elishnor, whereas I'll be, like, and, like, look down at people and, like, whatever. It's totally different, but, like, I also, like, I don't, I'm not gonna be in that character all day. That would be exhausting. Like, I'm not... Like, obviously, there's, yeah. like, I, I think the high end of this is, like, people who are, like, paid to be, like, actor cast members at Disney to, like, be the character. That's like, exactly what I was thinking. That's, like, the first experience that a lot of people have, myself, yeah, with, like, and, 
people in character, right? Yep. But, yeah. But those are also people who are picked. Like those aren't people who make their costumes. Those aren't people who mm-hmm. have who who spend all the time like developing the skills to do that. They are they're hired actors whose faces literal paid actors. Yes. Yeah, well, they're they're also like again like Disney for better or for worse. Like they hire people because they 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 they, they want the princess face. Like. You will not get mm. hired for Snow White if you don't look like Snow White. Like, you cannot be Elsa unless you can sing Let It Go. Like, right? Like, that's... <laughs> Whereas, like, anybody can cosplay Elsa. And that's totally correct. Right. Like, because it's right. not... In in no way is it kind of, like, gate-kept like that in the way that, like, mm-hmm. Disney specifically is. Um, yeah. Whereas it's also, I think unfair for people to expect like a random unpaid person who's also just an attendee to this event to like be the character if they're looking yeah. for that like you're you're not gonna get that like could you nicely ask for a picture and they'll probably strike a pose just like that character does whatever right like yeah if if you know there's a particular like pose that the character does you could you could politely ask them to do that or like if you want to record them saying a line maybe like be like hey like tappy will you say like haha time water drink up or whatever and of course i'd be happy to but one like you should politely ask and the answer can always be no um if you're politely asking you should be willing to expect are you are you always happy to though because i I could imagine that there's some interactions that are like I hate to use the word, but it, it could be there could be some interactions I can just imagine that are kind of cringe. Like if you're Elish Norn and somebody comes up to you and starts speaking Frexian because they memorized the language or whatever. Like if somebody started speaking Frexian. You, you know what I mean? Like yeah, it's like sure. what happens when you're 25% in your character and they're coming up to you as a fan and they're 100% into it. And then what happens then? Like are, there must be some awkwardness yeah, with that I mean, too, I'm right? Lie. Like there's always a little bit of awkwardness. Like it's it's two human beings interacting with each other with flawed mechanisms, right? Like our brains are not necessarily made for like the very, very deep level of social contact that we now have with all of this extra internet crap like loaded on top of it as baggage that's just not a thing Mm -hmm. we have not evolved that fast that's not a thing that we can do but um i mean honestly people who as as a general rule people who come up to me or any any cosplayer and you nicely and respectfully like ask for exactly what you'd like like if what you want is like a picture with joyra and we want to pretend we're drinking or whatever sure perfect let's do it or like hey tappy can you get like a you know, drink up me hearties, yo ho, I'm the drunken captain. Perfect. Let's do it. It's it's the people who don't quite know what they want when they're just like, oh, this is the person and they're a person in a costume or they're a famous person, famous from the internet and they don't quite know. That's the thing that gets a little bit more awkward because you don't want to let them down. You don't want to like, be a dick to this person who mm-hmm. just thinks you're cool. But at the same time, like, you don't have like I, I can't I can't be your person I can't like walk you through this experience right like right. I, I don't know what to do for you friend um, yeah. like, I, I'm happy to like be like do you want a picture do you want to take a selfie real quick cool like let's do it like we'll, we'll give you some options but it, it, the best thing to do if you want something from a cosplayer is to like very respectfully ask like whether you want a selfie with right. us or whether you want a picture like of the two of us together or whether you want us like doing a, a thing or if we're already interacting with a bunch of people you might have to wait in line a little bit like because there are yeah. people around um just it, it's a general thing of just like no if, if there's a thing that you want that's more specific than like if you want a card mm-hmm. sign or something like that like come mm-hmm. with a sharpie 
because I don't have pockets. Actually, I enjoy running. But like, <laughs> in Elish Nord, I absolutely don't have pockets, brother. Like, where am I supposed to You're put You're probably that? not cosplaying as someone with a purse most of the absolutely. time. Absolutely. Yeah, Joyra has bags and pockets and all kinds of stuff, but not everybody does. Yeah. So, like, if you want a card yeah. signed, like, the best way to get a card signed from us is to, like, have a Sharpie. Like, yeah. that's the best. Like, just come prepared and know what you want. Or, like, if you really want to tell... You know, if it's me and Olivia hanging out at Ultra Pro's booth or whatever, and you really want to tell Olivia about, like, a thing about Commander, or you want to tell her about, like, the Commander deck that you just built or whatever, like, a, a like, minute, minute and a half long spiel about, like, I just built this deck. I think it was really cool. Thanks yes. for being Please, cool. Please, no 15-minute monologues. Yeah, Or, like, move at on. least, like, like, I understand, too, that sometimes you can get in a little bit of a blabber space. I've been there myself. I understand that it happens. <laughs> Um, but just know that if we like kind of politely excuse ourselves and like leave, that's because we have to like see 10 other people. Yeah. That's so hard. I mean, I, this really is kind of a conversation that I wish I had like 10 years ago because I, I've never done anything that I think can be classified as really cringe, but I've definitely uh, seen my share of cosplayers when I play magic events. Sure. And most of the time, I just don't really know how to approach them like the most i've done is basically just go up to them and i try to make sure i don't do anything crazy like just please respect their boundaries like don't touch them and just just say hi make eye contact and just say like i really like your costume can i have a picture with you and actually a lot of cosplayers are nice about it too they kind of know the presets so yeah. they'll actually say like do you want me to do pose a or pose b yeah. i can do that yeah it's like they're really that's when you know they're the real pros yeah generally if we're there dressed up it's we, we don't mind getting photos. Usually the issue when we want photos is like, sometimes we'll be like adjusting a part of the costume or we'll be like eating right. or taking a drink or like checking yeah. our makeup in something. Like, please don't take pictures of us then. Or like when, yeah, we're, yeah, we don't or like need when the we're talking behind to the each other stuff. or something. Like, listen, I'm very animated and I make a lot of big faces. Yeah. I promise you, you will get a better picture if you ask us to post. Yeah, and there's no need me, to have like, sneaky photos and stuff. Yeah. Like, it's not going to be good. Like, you'll get a better picture if you ask. Or even, like, if we're already posing for somebody else's picture, you can probably take a picture. Like, that's probably fine. But if we're, like, yeah. in a mid-conversation, I'm, like, wildly flailing my arms or fixing something, you're going to get a picture yeah. if you ask. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. There isn't like a hard, fast, like black ink playbook about how exactly mm -hmm. you do this. The general rules are just like be respectful, kind of basically just ask nicely. If you mm -hmm. want something specifically, let us know if we like ask us for it. If we can't do it right then, because sometimes we're like in the middle of a game too. Like if we're playing magic or something, generally not the best time to ask for a picture. But if we're like standing around, obviously doing kind of like a meet and greet or something, that's absolutely the time to come. Usually when we're at events, there will be like a schedule or some kind of statement about like, we'll be around walking around for pictures to talk to people, or we will be yeah. at a booth, like we'll be at the ultra booth for this amount of time to take pictures and talk to you or whatever, or we'll be, we have a meet and greet at this time and we'll be sitting down to sign stuff or whatever. So just, it's, mm -hmm. it's kind of a best judgment thing too. Like, and nobody's going to like, I, I promise you for all that I remember, like a lot of cringe in my life. I don't remember anybody specific. Like it's like, 
I, I promise I don't like if you think you've done something very cringe to me at an event I promise you I was probably dehydrated really tired and did not have enough caffeine or food so I just remember that I was like oh yeah this one day somebody came up to me and they like couldn't remember what they wanted and then they asked me for a signature they didn't have a pen we like had to find one and I just remember like the incident as one of 12 not you as a person yeah like it's, it's no big deal right yeah, it's, it's yeah. really no big deal like the easier we can play it off the easier it'll be for Nice. Nice. Okay. Well, I mean, in terms of like inhabiting the character, you said 25%. It, I, I guess another question is not really related to this is sure. like, what, have you had any like really tough times as a cosplayer just in any aspect? Like maybe like you're really struggling to, to complete something or like you like just hard to be in a, in a certain mental, uh, state of being like, are there any, like, you know, harder times that maybe you can you can share um i mean obviously like costumes that are more there's there's definitely costumes that are like just physically harder to wear um like joyra is really comfortable joyra is it's corseted but it's like a corsets are actually like structural garments to go under clothes so they're not inherently uncomfortable even though like disney and other films would have you have you believe otherwise um but joyra is really comfortable for the most part um there are costumes that are absolutely way more work to wear. Like Elish Norton is this massive dress and I'm usually in like crazy heels and all kinds of stuff. So that's usually a little bit harder. I just usually like, we usually try to like limit the amount of time that we're in the more uncomfortable costumes. Cause like, again, like if I'm going to be a bitch, if I'm going to be like a sad, uncomfortable witch woman, I don't want to be around people. <laughs> like that's not, who does that serve? <laughs> that doesn't do anybody. <laughs> so we'll usually just like make a, like, make kind of amendments per the costumes and also too we usually have somebody who's like our handler to make sure that like if we have you know like somebody if i'm in elish norn like i have a person who's carrying my wallet and my cell phone because like i don't have space for that um and also just making sure that like because that that train is like nine feet long so i have right. somebody walking behind me to make sure that nobody like steps on me or like mm. causes any problems like that so that's so that's definitely nice like it, it, it absolutely like takes a village like the reason that we are able to do this is because we have people around us who are helping and i mean even like getting in a costume like i have a lot of costumes that i can't get into myself like i can't even get into chandra by myself that armor like laces up in the back um but even then like there's absolutely times when it's just like i've been in this costume for a long time and you can just like feel the blood sugar crash happen like uh mm. I think I, uh, this year in Gen Con, I think one of my friends said that they just like, they just like saw me like power down. Like you could just see like, just crash kind zoom, of zoom. thing. You just see like the blood sugar. I was just like, <laughs> you could just like see it. The right? smile was slowly yeah. fading away. And you can, and, and then you usually just like, you set yourself up such that like in a professional capacity, you set yourself up such that you can like remove yourself when that happens. Yeah. Cause you're not like, you're, you're not like what's the solution just drink lots of iced coffee and have lots of candies or what um usually so it's it's one again really what it is is having at least one person like who's not in costume around to like shepherd you around and then you also have okay. the person too to like they're the third party it, it's kind of that like anybody who is famous kind of knows this where like you have to be nice because you have to be tappy toe claws and you can't disappoint anybody so you have to have that friend who's the asshole and not even the right. asshole, but they're the person who like if yeah, that yeah, one good cop, person, bad cop dynamics. If that one yeah. person like 
can't stop talking because they're kind of on mm-hmm. the loop and like whatever. You gotta be then, like move along. You yeah, have the nice you gotta, person gotta... Who's, like, who's like, hey, we gotta get to our thing, and he just kind of shuffles you away, or mm-hmm. maybe she, they, whoever, um, or just yeah. does, and that's super nice to have is just the person who like right. keeps you on your schedule. Um, also, too, like you, you kind of learn after a while, like that there's absolutely like better ways to make costumes and that ways that they're more comfortable. Especially, that's mm-hmm. another thing that like the idea versus like craftsmanship versus like like what is a pro cosplayer like are you trying to make the best most perfect accurate greatest to look at costume or are you trying to make a costume that somebody can stand in front of a booth for four hours and talk to people in because those are very Ah, different the practical aspects yeah Yeah. so like there's absolutely costumes that i've made that i've made choices that like you could wear heels but maybe wearing sneakers and they don't see your sneakers is perfectly fine like boots with less of a heel and then you can get like the gel insole in there or like cheating a pocket into something or just making uh like making armor out of foam instead of plastic like instead of hard plastic Mm. you're like oh if i make it out of foam it's gonna be less than a pound whereas if i make it out of yeah plastic it's going to be there's also pounds. those breathability concerns yep. right that you're touching it's, on. it's temperature yeah. it's everything it's just and also sometimes it's just how comfortable it is like sometimes you look at a fabric and the fabric looks beautiful and then you like try to put it into a garment and you're like nope nope can't do that like uh, that's not going on my skin like, yeah, i think that's actually kind of like a similar experience for us muggles who are like you know, you're shopping for clothing and it's yeah. like, oh, it oh, looks absolutely. great on the rack. And then you wear it. And it's like, this totally looks like crap on me. And I can't wear it. I can't uh-huh. get this. I, yeah. I also have costumes that I like feel way better in than others. Like there are costumes that like okay. feel completely natural. And then there are costumes that like, I'm like, oh yeah. Okay. I gotta make sure I'm mm. like, all right. And into this. like when you're, when you're, when you're, when you are, when you become Joyra, I can tell that you're like really comfortable in it. Yeah, like, it, 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 it shows in your yeah. expressions it's and how you easy. like verbalize yourself. Like it's just really, you're at home. Right. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, so tell me how you went from doing all this stuff to getting into magic content creation. Like what was the, so what was the inflection point or, yeah, or whatever you call I mean, that, you know, it's, I mean, it's a long story, but, uh, I hope it's a good one. Uh, so Always I, went, a good one. I went to the big magic fest in vegas in 2017 <laughs> it's the pandemic is like totally screwed with my conception of time like just absolutely. everything before the pandemic feels like it, a million it years it feels ago. like before yeah. and then after right um so yeah, yeah 2017 i went because i had met christine sprinkle and uh two other magic cosplayers who were phenomenal um that's matt and Jin. Um, they're scrapper, or sorry, um, jackal costuming. They're the ones with the big Ajani costume. Mm, yeah, um, yeah. The, yep. the big furry Very well known. costume. That's amazing. Yep. So I had met them at Gen Con actually one year. And the two of them, and also, I mean, I, I cannot speak highly enough of Christine Sprinkle as a person. Like, I, I used to go to Gen Con in a magic costume just so that I could, like, have an excuse to hang out with Christine Sprinkle for like two hours. And we just like would hang out and like just shoot shit and talk for two hours. And it was just phenomenal. And she's just, she's literally like always had been the most down to earth, lovely human being. And she just loved what she was doing. And she was so talented and her like makeup skills were also just phenomenal. Like at that point I didn't have anywhere near the makeup skills that she did. And I just like, would like, I just wanted to like look at her and be like, your eyes are amazing. I can't. So 
then I got invited to this thing. They were doing this art show at in 2017 at this magic thing that like Mike Lineman and like uh, Moxie at the time, um, she's not on Twitter anymore, but they had kind of all organized this for a bunch of like original pieces of magic art all there. And they wanted a bunch of cosplayers to kind of like go there. They actually like uh, done like a crowdfund. And if they hit a specific goal, they were going to like help finance a little bit of the cosplay cost. So we went there and it was just, it was just phenomenal. It was just such a good time. It was so much fun. Um, at that point I had gotten a little bit fed up with like the local con scene. Cause it was just very odd that like the Midwest con scene for whatever reason, just was like, there was a lot of like internal drama over like nothing. And again, I, I'm not saying any names. I don't even remember the people at this point, honestly. Um, but it was just so weird. And everybody was like trying to like make it big and be like a famous cosplayer, but like with no, like nobody had any like actionable, like I actually am trying to do something. They just wanted to be like the biggest fish in a very small pond. Right. And I like, I was like, all right, cool. Like, whatever, <laughs> fine. Like, again, and I was the person who had helped like run this convention. So I was just kind of getting all like the convention gossip. And again, luckily all my friends were really chill about it. And none of, we never had like any internal friend stuff. It was yeah, just it's of, just like, not what you're into. It was just hearsay that kind of thing. And I'm just like, oh my God, like this person cosplayed this thing that this other person was making secretly, but found out. So they made it before they could. I'm like, what are we talking about? What is, we are playing dress up. What are we doing? Like, I don't understand. Yeah. So I went to the thing and everyone was super cool. We were just all here for this like nerdy card game that like I had uh I I'd gotten way back into magic uh when I came back from college because one of my best friends was still in Milwaukee and we were kind of the only two people who were kind of there. And so we just like played a bunch of magic and did a bunch of F and M's and like um we did a bunch of F&Ms and, like, uh, two-headed giant events at, like, our LGS. It was really fun, so we just got into it. Um, and so we went together with all these other magic people. It was just really fun. Like, it was just, we got to go to Vegas, and at that point, I'd never been to Vegas before. And just the whole magic community was, like, pretty chill about it, uh, about the whole cosplay thing. And it was just really nice. So, like, I was like, oh, hey, that was really cool. Um, I would like to do more of this because at that point I think I had two magic cosplays and then I was like I could make more I like magic cosplays there's really cool art for this like that's a cool thing and so I met Olivia there at 2017 it was the this is Olivia Gobert Hicks Olivia yep. Gobert Hicks the very same um we we were there was a big like all cosplayer get together and I was dressed as Innistrad Jace uh, and she was Liliana, and she just, again, in grand Olivia fashion, she just, like, walked right up to me and, like, put her elbow over me. She's like, I don't know where to stand, but you're Jace and I'm Liliana, so we're best friends now. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> like, all right. Uh, and then turns out we were. It was faded, because uh, we're still best friends now. Um, and then when we went to the next big Magic Fest, which was the next year in Seattle, Olivia was like, uh, let's get a room. Let's room together. I don't have anybody else to room with. And I was like, okay, let's do it. And then the friendship was forged in stone at that point. Uh, that was also the same, uh, that was the same year that I filmed the first video with Brian, with the professor. Uh, cause he just, he, he had followed me on, he followed me back on Twitter at one point and don't ever tell him this cause he'll, he'll like, just like lord it over me. But I like lost my mind when the professor followed me back on Twitter. Like I yeah. absolutely, like I was at my old job. I was like trying to do professional science. I was just like, they don't even know. Like, all these people keep coming to 
my lab. And they don't even know that the professor called me back. I turned it off. Oh my God. And then he like messaged me and messaged that he was like, hey, uh, so I saw you had like this Joyra costume. Uh, do you want to film a video? And then of course I was also like literally flying, like just absolutely mm-hmm. losing my mind. Just jumped up wherever just you were, super right? super yeah. excited. And then uh, I filmed the video with the professor and then he was like, hey, like, that was a really good video and you're really kind of very fun. Like, do you want to, you know, you want to go to dinner with me? And I think he, like, it was like me and cube April. Cause she's been one of his friends forever. So we just went and just kind of had a lot of fun. And I was just like, this community is just really cool. Just, just, just very, like, I just kind of met all the right. I, I, I don't know how to say it. I just think I got really lucky at the right time. And I just kind of knew the right people and we were all, kind of working on the same vibe and it just kind of worked and it was not only that we were kind of making all the same content that we wanted to make but we were also just the same like we just you know like we're the kind of people who are like let's go out and get yummy food and hang out and it was just really lovely honestly I, I don't know how else to describe it it was so much more of a um of like an insular kind of community in a good way not insular and in like gatekeepy way but insular yeah not exclusionary but just just very close-knit it was insular in a kind of way that like you know you film a video with somebody and then he's like hey do you and olivia and your friend who's like you know who who are all staying in that room do you want to come out to dinner with like me and april as the as the professor is just like being like yeah sure like i don't think i've ever been to seattle at that point even so um so yeah it was just it was just lovely and then like later that same weekend, we met uh, we met Nadine, uh, we met Nissa Cosplay, just a ton of other people, and just everyone was just lovely uh, in in just a very like genuine way, and the community seemed really cool, and I I, I did honestly just love magic because we had really just kind of fallen headfirst back into it um, right around the time that uh, uh, Mirrodin happened, so we were like just. Yeah, and then we just kind of all happened, and then from there, uh, we kept doing these magic things, and then we just kept kind of, you know, connections make connections and make connections, and suddenly you're on game nights, and I, I don't know, like, it just kind of happens, and it was really nice. So, yeah, I, yeah. I don't know, I'm just kind of like, blah, blah, blah. I, I don't know. Yeah, yeah no, good, good things have a way of happening to, uh, to good people, right? Oh, um yeah. Uh, how, how did, what was that experience like working with Brian? Like, what was the behind the scenes like? Cause you, I just told you I'm very into the behind the scenes. Like, what was it like working on that office hours video? So, Cause I I'm watching it now, you know, like I watched it at the time and I watched it again recently doing research for this <laughs> and, uh, um, yeah, research in capital R. Um, like how did you guys come up with the script? Was it like mostly improvised or tell me the story behind like all that, you know? So, um, the way that it was kind of, so we were filming on site at the magic event in Seattle. So it wasn't like what, obviously, I mean, we've, I've since filmed with Brian now that he has his like designated studio, which is phenomenal. It's so cool. The studio is so cool. Uh, don't tell him I said that. Uh, it'll go to a sentence. Okay, I won't. Sure, I'll sure keep it. Listen to this hush, hush. Like, listen to all of this, and they'll be like, "I heard all the good things you said about me," and I'll be like, "Yeah, I hate you, whatever." Um, <laughs> but so we were filming on just like we were in like a not a closet, but we were in like a 
random. I mean, it was probably the size of my office. It was not a large room. And it was us mm -hmm. and then one of the Channel Fireball, like, AV guys, James, who is lovely, by the way. Was lovely then, still is lovely now. Mm -hmm. uh, absolutely love James. And uh, so Prof had the script already written. Um, he had assistance from, oh, I don't want to say the wrong person, but... One of the people who was on either at the time, like at the time they were, and they are definitely now on set, like on Watsy staff, and they like help with the like story and stuff. Um, so it, it could be, oh, I don't remember. It, it says the credit in the video, and I don't want to misspeak. Um, okay. It's I, Jay Anelli, right? It's Jay Anelli. Okay. Yes. Okay. I was like, I was like, because uh, that's my recent research okay, has given me that insight. Yes. yes. I, I, like, I, was, I was like, it could be one of like three people. But yeah, Janelli. Right, because he has a stable of writers. Yeah, yeah I, I know. Um, yeah. and Janelli got uh, uh, consulted on all the weird batshit old magic lore, which is phenomenal because I love the old magic lore. Right. Um, and it was just although I don't think Gundams were in the lore, but let's I let's. Mean, let's... There, were, no, there were like there were mech suits. I mean, that... there were mecha suits. I even remember like some of the artwork. Like, there were, had, I mean, there were Gundams, that. but like, what is a mech suit if it's not a little bit of a Gundam? Right. That, right. that's pretty that was genius by the way yeah. that, i guess that's attributed to his writing it sounds like yeah, yeah so a lot of it was like the writing itself um and then some of it was just you know you do a few takes and then prof is like oh what what did you just do there and i was like sup and he's like that whatever that was do that again like that was perfect i was like okay that wasn't the line but i just did it okay cool um yeah. and then we like there was a few things that we changed like we brainstormed like um some of the silly like bits um obviously like i just i i made my time water canister in my hotel room yeah. out of like scraps because he, he's like do you have a canteen do you have a flask i was like no <laughs> like i didn't bring <laughs> luckily between me and olivia and that's the cosplayer the mindset cosplayer you gotta improvise that we, like that yeah the people that we roomed with we were like i have some extra fabric scraps and some ribbon we can throw some stuff on there no problem. Yeah, and it was just, it's really nice. Like, the way he films is you kind of just, like, you don't have to memorize the whole script. He just, like, you just do the lines in one way or another. Because I was, like, I was, like, old school, like, you know, uh, high school theater kid. Like, I have to memorize all of this. And I'm, like, reading it on the plane, like, on the way there. Like, I can do this, probably. And I showed up there with, like, yeah. half of it memorized. And I was, like, oh, screw this up. And he's, like, oh, you have to memorize already? Great. And I was, like. Only half, really? Okay. But yeah, it was and it's always really fun. Every every filming experience I have with Prof is is great. Like uh, I mean, again, like he's gonna listen to this now, so I guess I'm deep in it. But it is just like going to hang out with your friend for a while. Not that first one. Mm -hmm. The first one I was really like I was convinced that I had to do a really good job because this guy was like really famous and like knew what he was doing mm -hmm. or whatever, and now I just know that he's like my friend who's kind of an asshole and I love him. But uh, so every time now we hang out and we just film and we just shoot shit and uh, give each other hell back and forth as we uh, as we film, and it's just always a good time. Is there something that you might say about Tolarian Community College, like just the the behind the scenes production that you think is underrated and that people may not know about, like maybe the direction or the editing or some aspect of the inside baseball um, thing? I think just that, like he he really does 
like take all of the stress off of you. Like he makes it seem like it's really easy for you. He makes the guests feel for, comfortable. Yes, right? he makes the guests feel comfortable and like like whatever you're doing, he'll get you where you need to be. And obviously, like it's not to say that he won't give you direction because he absolutely will. Mm -hmm. um like for example like so he's a good director he's, basically he's a very yeah he's, he's very good i don't think he'd ever say that about himself but he absolutely is not only is he a good director because he'll give you the like direction that you need but it's a it's all it's just like it's just good vibes when you go there like he mm -hmm. just treats you very well um like every mm -hmm. time i go out there like we like he feeds you so well like you wake up every day and he's like gotten like the best donuts in portland for you and i i know this yeah. isn't just me this is not just me this is not just me with friends right. privileges this is yeah. i think most of the people who get brought out there and and it's just it's, it's kind of like a whole little mini like work vacation and it's just it's lovely i don't think any he, he he does like deeply care he wants to make the best possible end product and it's very right. obvious it's very mm -hmm. obvious in that, like, in a way that it's not stressful for the person who's there. Like, he, for better or for worse, he internalizes all the stress onto himself, which is not good, Brian, mm -hmm. if you're listening to this. You should be mm -hmm. better to yourself. Be kinder. Mm -hmm. But, um, mm -hmm. I mean, he has a whole team now to help him, which is really good as somebody who is his friend and wants the best for him, too. But um, it, it's really cool. It's, it's, a, it's a phenomenal, like, not only is just the being in the studio is just very cool, very neat. It's a it's an experience, but he does just have this way of making the guest feel very comfortable and very at ease, so that he can get out of you the best that you can do. And yeah, maximize your your potential or abilities, in, in right? Or talents. You feel like you're being squeezed for it, right? Like it right, will right. And then, I think that happens if you feel relaxed, you feel at ease, yes. and yeah. And the, the the relaxation the, the relaxation that you get is you know that like whatever you're putting into this like the amount of like post processing of this video like you're never gonna look bad like it will be cut and it will be edited in a way right. that like you will always look good which is so like yeah. great to know as somebody who's on camera right like it, it's it's yeah. so nice to know that like whatever I give you you're not gonna make it look like shit he's gonna he's gonna use the best take yeah. whatever that is absolutely yeah so. I think that is something that really shows, even for someone like me who's just watching the videos, like everybody, even the recent series that he's done, I know you're in one of them, Shuffle Up and Play, Yeah, right? Shuffle Up and Play is so you, much fun. You guys just look so relaxed and just having fun. Like, you can't really do that if there's a taskmaster, like, cracking the rip at you. Like, oh, you got to finish filming, you know, in the next 10 minutes. Like, come on, let's go. We, you know, we're running out of time or um, or you don't get fed or, like, it, or if you oh, sweat you badly, you then, like... <laughs> <laughs> I, I do wonder if there's a phenomenon where like people actually gain weight after they <laughs> go to film it. with TCC. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I think that is something that really shows is just that he really cares. And I, I feel like also, um, also, I, I'm sorry if he's hearing this because I'm also gushing a little bit. It's like, <laughs> oh, he really cares he's, about he's, the craft. Yeah. He's, right? he's bright red somewhere. Yeah, I, I mean, it's it's just sort of like you can also see the evolution. Like, you know, like a few years ago it was office hours, but he's also kind of trying to figure out what does the audience want? Yes. And I think that's something that as content creators, we all need to learn from, which yeah. is like the, the Shuffle Up and Play series didn't just come out of thin air. Like that was done because he sort of felt the pulse of the community. Mm -hmm. And that's where magic content needed to go for him. And so... Um, I never had the chance to say this to him in person, but it's just, 
I, cause I, I really care about how things are made. Mm -hmm. So it's like, I can send, I can see that. And I think the average person may not. So it's, I'm just trying to call that out. The shovel up and play series is really, really well done. Uh, the other thing that, uh, I've always like, I mean, I didn't immediately know with Brian, but, um, that became vastly apparent to me once I started working with him and kind of, he's got a real eye for talent that like hasn't necessarily been recognized for like other larger platforms. Like, yeah, like the, the first thing I was ever on, like, this is again, me giving myself a rare compliment here, but like the first thing I had, was ever on was his show. Like, right. He was just like, he's like, and oh, he trusted you to give you a shot because yeah. he knew there was something about you that could work. Right. Yeah. And similarly for like Christine and Olivia and, and not just cosplayers, but I mean, he had, he had Kess on, he had, mm -hmm. he had Carmen on, he had, and not to say that he's the only person responsible for anyone's success, but it, he does certainly ha seem to have a track record of like, just being a little bit ahead of the game on, uh, yeah, yeah, he's good at picking the talent. That's for stuff. sure. Yeah. I, I full heartedly agree. Absolutely. Yeah. I, like, I think he's also just really good at finding people who like play magic, but aren't necessarily like already in the community. Like one of the episodes of Shuffle Up and Play that I'm pretty sure is already out now. <laughs> I think I can talk about this. Um, Spoiler alert. Must, no, yeah. no, 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 it's definitely out. I remember the YouTube comments. Um, but he got uh, Chef PK on who is a okay. like content creator who does just the most beautiful food that you've ever looked at. And it tastes just as good too. Like, and mm. he like had really never done magic content before. He has a whole YouTube channel about like replicating like anime food and stuff, but he had mm. this like great stage presence and he loves commander. So he was on in one of our commander games. And I mean, the guy is like one of my favorite people to talk to on the internet now. Like that game was so fun. And I don't know mm. if he ever would have gotten on a, on a magic kind of named thing without uh without prop right. stepping in and kind of inviting him up which is phenomenal so. for sure the collapse thing is like absolutely huge yeah. and i think it's a really underexplored part of mtg content in general is just like there's a lot i can say about that but let me move on i i'm gonna i need to ask you like so how okay so you do the thing with prof initially and then how did you uh go from that to i don't actually know if there's causality but how did you go from that into what you're doing now I mean, which is more a like a little bit of causality yeah i went yeah. from like a thousand followers in 2018 to like twenty one thousand, which is what i have now it's a mistake twitter's a mistake um i mean I, i'm not really sure to be completely honest like uh, and I always feel bad, um, because I know that people who listen to these sometimes take that as like, they, they take my personal story as a recipe for like how to make it in a community, which I'm always like a little bit leery of. Because, no, let's caveat this. Yeah, but, like yeah, yeah. everyone has their own unique journey, yeah, right? And, and, and that's not what you're saying. Um, but it, yeah. it's also too, like, again, in the, the worst part about that is too, like the, the way that I made, made it. Uh, from 2018 to now is now like because of the way that social media landscape moves so quickly, it's now drastically different, right? Like it's not right. Th that that path has been taken. Uh, it's almost not yeah. a thing anymore. So I basically just kind of was like, okay, this is a thing. I really like it. Um, I opened the Patreon in around uh like 2018 2019 maybe um just because i was like I, uh I was, I was like i don't know like people want stuff so i was like okay i'll make it thinking that i was gonna get like you yeah. know 15 or whatever and i got more than that which was lovely and i just kind of use my patreon right now mm. as like a I, I give things away that i like can't really or like if i do like 
I do some of the playmat drawings for like Ultra Pro and stuff, so that's a great way to give stuff away. And it's, I, I'm because let's face it, you probably have more playmats than you ever need in your life. So I mean, I can say that for myself, let alone for someone who is sponsored. So, yeah, I have so many more playmats, and I love to give them away too, which is the, the best part. So, right, um, yeah, the best so part like, is giving. Yeah, it, it was a good way to like just kind of give things away, and also like I kind of like doing a little bit of blogging, and like it was a good way to like show off. Like, here's my pictures that are like too like here's my like you know progress pictures that are like too gross for twitter like because it's you know if you're like this yeah. is the weird like bone helmet that it's I'm for nerds shaving. like me who like the behind the scenes stuff yeah, yeah it's like it's like that's too much to kind of like codify in like context for twitter so i did that mm. and then i did start streaming um but when i i used to have a condo now i have a house great um when i had my condo my like internet just like hated my condo and i am like very not I'm like a hard science person. Like if you give me like vials of chemicals and a fire, I can make them go. I, if you give me ones and zeros, I will look at you like a sad puppy. I don't know what to do with those. Um, right, right. So I like never quite had the optimal like stream setup. Um, and it was really hard because it was kind of like, oh, sometimes I can stream and sometimes I can't. Um, so I, it was always kind of questionable. And then obviously like pandemic hits, everything just kind of shuts down and it's, we're all sitting at home and we all start playing webcam commander. And I finally got my internet working a little bit better. Um, uh, luckily I had a friend who could come over and like, just, we could like, I mean, at that point we didn't really know what was safe and what wasn't, but, um, we were pretty much living alone. I just had somebody come over and actually like help me set all my stuff up. I moved my desktop. I hardlined myself in, uh, and I started finally streaming. I was doing a bunch of the, um, like early access events when they happened. I remember doing early access, Ikoria uh, when I thought that Ikoria was the worst limited set I had ever played and I hated mutate. It was the worst mechanic that I had ever seen. Uh, fast forward to now when I have like six boxes of Acoria cashed in my basement right now. Things have changed, Five huh? Boxes of Acoria because yeah. one day I will draft them all with my friends. Uh, I don't know when that's going to be, but hopefully someday. <laughs> I love Acoria. Um, and yeah, so then things just kind of, it, it, it is one of those things that once you get like that initial kind of foot in the door and you kind of have the initial community, I don't know exactly what you do to build on that, but um, I did. I did it right enough, I suppose. Um, I got to do a few really cool projects with Watsi. Um, I mean, before the pandemic, I got to go to PAX and help preview uh, the Guilds of Ravnica set. So this is 2019, so sorry, we're going backwards a little bit. Um, and that was when they commissioned me to make Ralzeric. Um, So I did that, and uh, I was a little bit confused. I was like, really? Okay, like I, I can do it, I guess. But like, all right, let's go. Um, oh, so it was their idea. It, it was. It was, it was, it was a actually. It was actually Watsi's idea to to do it. Um, That's very interesting. I mean, it was like yeah. I was a little bit worried that they were going to ask me to be Vraska because I had seen that like Vraska that like Magali Villeneuve had done for Guild yeah, of yeah. I'm like, I cannot make that in the amount of time that I have. Uh, mm. And they were like, "Oh, we really want to be Ral," and I'm like. That's what me. was that conversation like? Like, did you ask them why they wanted I, you to be, I be that? I didn't, 
Uh, to be completely honest, I was kind of just like really happy that I dodged the Nebraska bullet, and I was like, I can make okay. it. Okay, just happy like, to have the gig, and, and yeah. And at yeah. that time, uh, I was dating somebody who was also like very, very talented at costumes, and I knew that like I could have her help me, and I was just I wanted to mm-hmm. make sure I was like, well, if girlfriend helps me, I want to make sure that she gets there, and she got a badge to go and like wander around at like PAX mm-hmm. with like a you know special mm-hmm. like behind the scenes pass. So that was pretty good. Uh, yeah, so cool. we went, it was really good, and I was Ral, and it was kind of hilarious, because I was, like, in this, like, dude face, and then people were, like, coming up to me and be like, oh, it's Ral's Eric, and then I would, like, talk and be like, yeah, hi, I'm Ral's Eric, and I'd be like, uh, what's happening? <laughs> um, and, and again, because I, I wasn't, like, I wasn't sure. Look of confusion. Yeah, like, I don't yeah. know, like, um, <laughs> it was, it was. Did you have any theories about that? Like, was it, was it, like, they, they felt like this was a underexposed planeswalker or something that they I needed think, to like, Hey, yeah. let's give them more exposure. Also, they knew I had done Jace at that point too. So like, oh, I don't okay. think it was Watsy like being like, let's ask this woman to like turn herself into a man. Like they had known. And I, I had done like the makeup where I had like kind of shaded myself and given myself like, you know, like the five o'clock shadows, Jace and Ral is just a little bit more. And again, it, it looks mm-hmm. really good in pictures. And then I, Oh, it does. And then I talk and it doesn't quite <laughs> as well. Um, uh, which again, just makes you like, it, it just makes you realize like how much like gender fluid and transgender people like are yeah amazing in what they okay. do to affirm their own genders. Whereas I'm like, I was like, I don't care what you call me, but yeah. Um, yeah, here I am. But it, it's really fun though. Like that's another thing about cosplay. That's really fun. It's like, I would, I would encourage anybody to just be like, I like this character and I want to be them regardless of what gender is. And you should just, just do it. Like whether you do mm-hmm. the full makeup mm-hmm. or not, like you should just do it. Who cares? Like gender yeah. is just, gender is just fake on paper and you should just be whoever you want. Yeah. Um, yeah. I hear that. Yeah. So like that was, that was really fun. And like getting to go to PAX and getting to go to the official thing and like work in the PAX booth at, for, for Watsi was really cool. Um, mm-hmm. and then, yeah, so yeah, everything. Oh, and I guess right before everything shut down, I had, I was on game nights. I was on game nights in January of 2020. So it was like, tell me what it was like to get the call from game nights I, and I got, I got go through email. that. It was, it was an email, but it was still like, I, I had to like pull my car to traffic. Like, so then I, cause I, I, <laughs> I, I like saw the email flash up and like, didn't want to look at it, but yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was very cool. Um, obviously, like Josh, Jimmy, that entire team, which was albeit like smaller when when I was there, but like that whole team, like just consummate professionals. Like, I can't say uh, like a single bad thing about it. It was, it was like a singular experience. It was incredibly cool. I'm really glad that I got to be there for the. Uh, the unstable event. So we were playing like crazy uncards. Olivia and I got to do that whole like arm wrestle thing. Arm wrestle. Yeah. And, well, it, it just, I did like, my research. Yeah. So, so that was hilarious because, and it was a perfect example of like, that wasn't planned. Like people were like, that was definitely not scripted. Yeah, people, people I could like, tell. Just scripted. It's like, no, it is not like we played, we just played those cards. And then Olivia played right. the arm wrestling card and Josh and Jimmy got this like little flicker in their eye and they were like, we could do a whole thing about this. And we just like did yeah. it. And it was great. Like, and that's, that's kind of creative filmmaking in real life. Like it just all happened. And then we were all just like, are you, yeah, yeah let's all, let's all do this. And it was, it was great. And it was hilarious. And obviously it wasn't, some people were like, just play the cards or whatever, but like, that's YouTube comments, who cares? But 
It was so fun. Yeah. And, like, again, they were, like, just everything about it. Like, it was lovely to see Ashlyn. We recorded the um, episode of uh, Commando. Did the podcast together. Yeah, while we were up there. Yeah. And it was just... God, it, it's been so cool, too, because I've gotten... Uh, uh, the chance to obviously see what they've done since, even since 2020, right? Like now mm. that now that the, some incredible stuff. Now that the studio has opened up and they've hired so many more people, they keep hiring like the most talented people possible, right? Right. And just like the yeah. stuff they're doing is just incredible, and it's it's really cool to see like the next thing that they're gonna do. Like it's always it's always yeah. interesting to see kind of like it, to, to me it's almost that's just excuse my French. That's just so like. Effing incredible. It, it really is. It really you, is. You've done two of the things that I think, honestly, I think for most magic creators, it's like the two bucket list items are like appear on game nights and appear on Tolarian Community College. Like you've done them both. And actually, you've done TCC multiple times. Yeah. So it's like you're basically a mainstay. So like, I remember, that's just I, remember, incredible. I like to think of myself as a recurring villain on Tolarian Community College. <laughs> Villain or heel, some somebody yeah. like that. Yeah, I mean, like if Brian knew what a heel was, then yeah, he doesn't watch wrestling though. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it might not be in his uh, scope of references. Um, Perhaps so. Not, yeah, but... yeah. So I, I I am wondering though, because like I feel like as there is something relatable here, which is like as a creator, you get your fifteen minutes, and sometimes those fifteen minutes come when you don't expect it. Mm -hmm. Like there's moments of, I don't want to, I don't, it could be like virality. It could be something you did that's good or bad blows up. Like, is there something that as a creator, like you try to leverage in those moments? Like for example, when you get the game nights and you suddenly you have more people that know about who Tappy clothes toe clauses. This is crazy. I'm talking about you in the third person, but <laughs> like, it. it's like almost like you're an athlete or celebrity, but uh, <laughs> oh, I digress. Um, but like when, when there's those kind of like highlight points in your creator journey, is there something specifically that you try to do to, to grow or to leverage, or is it just like, it just comes? I think, um, I mean, obviously I guess like in, in the back of my, like, psychological reptile brain there maybe is something that I do but I think when like when you get that influx of eyes on you I think the best thing you can do is just like be the most genuine version of yourself like whether that is good or bad again because I'm kind of a hot mess like uh obviously uh on on game nights it didn't happen because of the way that game nights is is made but the way that uh shuffle up and play is purposely made like i mean i am playing like the messiest bitch on shuffle up and play and so people who are coming to my twitter or my instagram or my tiktok or like whatever my twitch or whatever like you just kind of own it right like i think it's kind of important to just be like because you don't want to like you don't want to try to sell people who are coming to your content on a in like on on, like, on, like incongruent yeah, version like, of yourself like, or inconsistent? On the inconsistent version, like, on, on the untrue version of yourself. Because they're just going to leave them. Like, inauthentic, like, maybe. Yeah, yeah, inauthentic is absolutely the word I was looking for. Uh, uh, pardon my sudden onset aphasia. But yeah, like, you don't want to sell them on the inauthentic version of yourself. Like, one, if they came to your stuff from your video or your article or whatever have you that they saw you on, they're coming for what they saw of you that you liked, that they liked. And then either what they saw of you was, like, not truly you, in which case, like, then why would you really want them there? Or, like, what they saw of you is what they 
liked. So then you just kind of like lean into it. Like, yes, I play messy storm decks and I don't know all of my combos um, because I, I, I like to say that I build Ferraris and I pilot them like a drunk 12 year old. Um, and, and that's just kind of it. Like, I think just like kind of living, just being like, Hey, here's, here's what I am. And you don't obviously have to bear like all of your messy truths, but I feel like being at least authentic to yourself and being authentic to, I, I think also like it's, it's also kind of, being authentic to your values. Like every time that I'm on a new show or whatever, I get new followers. And then, you know, some horrible thing happens in the American political system. And I'm suddenly tweeting about politics and people are like, I didn't follow you for politics. And I'm like, cool, then bye. Like trans rights are human rights. And I think women should have right to their healthcare. Bye. Don't let your, don't let yeah. your door hit you on like whatever on your way out. Right. Like right. I'm not going to like, I'm not going to change who I am fundamentally because I want like 10 more followers. Are you kidding me? Like, that's just what a, like, yeah. I, and unfortunately, like, I think there are some people who think that they have to sanitize themselves to mm -hmm. like make it and to like get popular. But like the people who find you for who you are, are the people that will stay. And those are the people who are mm -hmm. like worth keeping around. Right. I think the authenticity is really hard though, because, um, there is a, Maybe this is my bias, right? I do feel like in magic, in the magic, of course, like community can be defined different ways because like communities are also different on different platforms. Like magic subreddit is pretty toxic. Oh, and then yeah. magic Twitter is probably a little bit better. And then maybe like magic on Facebook is also a different beast, right? So it's hard. To, it's always hard to generalize, but I also feel like there is a kind of like, kind of almost like approved position in magic. Like, you know, sure. like, let's just, let's just like, I think, I think magic, the, the online community is generally more like left-leaning. So I'm also wondering, like, is it, is it hard to like not have certain or to have, like, have you had positions that are like not popular and have you thought about like expressing yourself or not expressing yourself because of, um, the potential blowback, you know, sure. like, I'm sure that comes into effect every time, no matter how small or big you are yeah, as a creator, I mean, when you, absolutely. when you do something publicly, I think part of it depends on like what platform you're on too. And like, like, obviously like there are parts of like, there are absolutely parts of magic Twitter that I'm sure they hate me. Cause I'm like a gay woman who screams about trans rights and abortions. So like, I'm sure Reddit doesn't like me. I have a friend who checks once every once in a while about what they're talking about me on Reddit. And she doesn't tell me about it. She just makes sure that it's not bad enough, like whatever. Uh -huh. um, so I think there's a little bit of that is like the parts of the community that I want to be a part of are the parts that I'm a part of. Um, like my, I, I know there are people who have just really noxious fucking like Twitch streams, like Twitch chats. I don't have one. I don't know why. That is, um, I, I just don't, um, if somebody comes in and they're shitty, my mods ban them. Um, mm -hmm. I remember when I was doing, uh, there was a period of time during the, uh, um, during the full lockdown when all of the magic events like that were on the docket still with channel fireball went virtual and channel fireball had them, uh, on Twitch and they had hired content creators in to like come and, um, like talk basically and do the commentate, do the commentating. Mm -hmm. And I was with William Huey Jensen and that poor man did not know, uh, what happened, uh, to him. He did then like ask to 
get put back with me uh, on there. And I think that was my first exposure to like a like like a like a more like a, just a larger stream, just a stream that you can't moderate. Because my I, again, I, I I have no like delusion about like my level on Twitch. I get between like eighty and thirty Twitch viewers like per stream, whatever. It's very very respectable, but like it's fine. Uh, whereas with the Channel Fireball one, it's, you know, several hundred or a thousand or whatever. And every once in a while, there'd be somebody who'd be like, this girl doesn't know anything about magic, blah, 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 or whatever. And, like, the mods would be trying to ban them. And I'd be like, no, no, let them tell them that to my, like, bring that to my face. Like, what, what are they talking about? Like, and they'd be like, they'd be like, well, she needs to talk about magic more. And instead, she's talking to Huey Jensen about lactobacillus acidophilus and some kind of weird microbiology thing. And I'm like, it's the third freaking fires match. It's, it's the third yeah. fires, like, mirror match that you've seen in, in two hours. Right. You, single person in chat, who I'm now calling out because, and the channel fireball people are like, please, Tabby, do not fight with chat. I'll say, I'll fight with chat. I'll do it. I'm not afraid. I will do it all day. I'm bigger than them, and I can yell. <laughs> they cannot because they're in chat. And they're, right. like, they're like, Tabby, right. but Tabby, Tabby don't. I have the megaphone. They do not. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, right? And I was like, I don't know. So I don't know if it's like, just a little bit that I uh, like don't care. <laughs> um, I I like I, and again for for very very earlier context again I was like a weeb in two thousand and four. Like I cut my teeth on like original four chan. Um, right. I am not scared. You were a you were an OG. Yeah. yeah. Like I like I, I played. Yeah. Like I I was in like I I was in like the you know original Starcraft like four chan threads. I, I don't know. Mm -hmm. Like, I, they weren't good. Like, they weren't good then, but they certainly Probably have... the boysiest of the boys clubs yeah, there they, could be one, they right? They might, oh, yeah. I, again, like, for better or for worse, I was one of those, like, I'm not like other girls' girls for a while, so whatever. Mm -hmm. But I, I don't know. I, I think it does kind of, obviously, there are opinions that, like, I think the difference between me to, to kind of, like, actually cycle back to your original point. I think the difference between me, like, throwing up an opinion that I know is, like, incorrect, like, not incorrect, or, like, that is a little bit abrasive on Twitter, it's, like, is this opinion going to, like, actually advance the cause that I think it should? Or is it just me being abrasive? Like, is it actually, is it serving a larger purpose? Like, is it going to make someone else like, feel better about themselves. Like, me yelling about how, like, J.K. Rowling is bad. She is not a person that anybody needs to support anymore. Like, maybe we mm. just turn it off. Which, even among some left people, unfortunately, is not necessarily, like, it's not a black and white issue, mm. whatever. I don't know. I'm very open. Mm. Um, mm. But, like, whereas I, like, is that an opinion that everybody thinks is objectively correct? Probably no. But, like, I don't know, there's maybe some, like, baby trans girl who, like, sees that and then thinks that, like, I don't know, she saw my stream and thought I was cool, and now she sees that I, like, think that J.K. Rowling is horrible because J.K. Rowling is saying objectionable, like, unobjectionably horrible shit about this community that, like, she is about, and that's good. Like, th then that's worth it. That's worth some, like, assholes in my mentions who are gonna yell about stuff or whatever. But, like... Mm -hmm. Do I need to say, like, every hot take about Commander that I have publicly? Probably not. Like, I mean, maybe. Sometimes it's fun to post them just because it gets a rile out of people and it's, like, harmless for the most part. But yeah, 
I don't know. Like I have, I have no issue about like talking about politics every once in a while, because unfortunately politics are a thing that happened to everybody. And it is a increasingly kind of endemic issue yeah. to what's happening right now. And I think people like, I mean, it's, it's life. Right. And I think, I think it's true. Like I, 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 I hear this sometimes and I do believe it's true, which is like being apolitical is a political stance, right? Is. Like you can't really like no, no man or woman is an Island. I think that's something that I, at least I, I, I feel well, anybody, pretty strong. And anybody about. who purports to be apolitical, like is already speaking from the place of privilege of having the ability to be apolitical. Like obviously again, like mm -hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm very like, I'm, I'm cis passing. I'm straight passing. I'm like a skinny white girl who owns a house. Like I'm pretty okay. But even like my existence is politicized. Mm -hmm. So like, I don't, I, I can't possibly imagine what it must feel like as somebody to be like black or like visibly trans or somebody who's like constant existence and their identity is always under question. So like, if the worst thing that you see, like, or, or like, if something that you see, like your random fucking magic gathering content creator, who is funny as drunk Joyra is like yelling about trans rights. And that like, makes you feel a little bit better. God, I hope so. Like, that's the freaking least I can do. <laughs> Obviously like I, you know, would yeah. hope I could do more than that. But like, if that's the least I can do, what am I going to do? Lose a few five followers who are just like dudes who like, like, oh, this girl plays magic. I'm sure she's like hot or whatever. And then I say something about. I think that trans women should be able to use whatever bathroom they want because that's actually just the best thing. And then they're like, ah, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, okay, bye. Like, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I don't really see how that serves anybody to just kind of like keep quiet about that. And again, like, they're, they're, yeah. I don't have that much of a platform, but I feel like at a certain, like, after a certain point, like, I have a platform the size that I do. I would feel bad if I, like, didn't say something about, like, very major issues, at least. Right. Do you, do you feel, uh, is it, is it more like, do you feel pressure to say things about certain issues or? I, I think less. On, is there a nudge? I, I don't, or? I mean, maybe there's a nudge, but I think if there's a nudge, it's because I have a community that I've built up on like the assumption that I am like supportive or like, like it, it's a community that I have that I feel like I should support. Mm -hmm. And it's a community that for whatever reason, I have built it up for something that I did. And so if I feel pressure from the community that I built up, that's still like, I, Obviously, like I was still somehow the inside kind of justified in yeah, a way, right? The inside yeah. force about this, like it's a community that supports me. So right. why would I not support this community that I have now built? Right? Like I feel like I it's am a reciprocal. Little, That's yeah, what you're I, saying. I'm responsible. Yeah. Likewise, if I had a community that was like suddenly, you know, if if my Twitch chat suddenly raided somebody else and they were fucking horrible to that person, I would feel responsible for that too. Like I would feel responsible to say something or try to correct. Cause again, like, obviously I didn't, I didn't say any of those bad things that my Twitch chat did, but at the same time, all of these people were following me and they somehow coalesced around me as a personality. And then I sent them somewhere mm -hmm. and they did horrible mm -hmm. things. Like mm, that's there, there's, there's a, there's a comment do you, do in the somewhere. Sure. Do you think there's a good way to cultivate one's fan base so that they try to be on the side of mostly lawful good and not, 
evil. I'd say that I'm a little more chaotic good than lawful good, but um, sure, yeah, that's probably a bad analogy. <laughs> but like, just just tr just like more well behaved, or like, is there something that a creator can do? I mean, I I don't think it's like beyond a content creator's like scope of things in any community. Again, like I play we play a children's card game like it's not that complicated but at the same time i think i think that's i i do think that's kind of a little bit about the like do i need to say something kind of situation like do i need to yell that like trans women are women or that like hey here's some of the actual scientific data on abortion and what that situation actually looks like uh like do i need to no but at the same time, I think I have enough eyes on me and I have enough people who are for better or worse, like impressionable to what I think and what, and who see me as someone of esteem that they'll listen to. So yeah, I, I mm -hmm. absolutely think that it's not unreasonable to say that. Like, obviously mm -hmm. I maybe wouldn't go so far as to like, I have absolutely uh, motivated my, Twitch communities and my Twitter communities to like get involved in their local politics and make sure that like they're, you know, the person that they're potentially voting for school board is somebody that they want on there. I won't necessarily like be like, Hey, like this is the person, but obviously I mean, my mm -hmm. politics, I, I'm not quiet about the fact that my positive politics do like very left. Um, uh, but mm -hmm. I would never tell somebody exactly how they need to vote or something like that. But I think it's mm -hmm. reasonable to be like, Hey, especially as a scientist too, like, Hey, here's the data. Like, here's the facts about this thing. And if you mm. want information on how to find the facts, this is what you should do. Um, yeah. But so here, here's something that, uh, and please let me know if this is going like way too deep into something, but I, I find that to be very, uh, challenging for myself personally, because it, it, I think it's kind of like Dunning-Kruger, like in the beginning, when you start exploring things, you feel like things are very simple and clear cut. And then the more you get into something, like, for example, for me and like investing, it's like the more I realize, oh shit, I don't know anything. Like I should get out while I still can, <laughs> because like the deeper you get, the more you realize you don't know shit. Uh, at least for me, I can't speak for other people, but, um, I have this like conflict when it comes to internet discourse, which is basically like. I don't know now being like 40 years old and having gone through years of, you know, pre-internet and then internet and then trying to argue and convince people on the internet. I don't know if like any of my yelling actually works mm -hmm. because I don't actually know how you can actually change someone's mind on the internet because just by virtue of it being a public space, people don't want to feel shamed or feel ashamed of a position. Yeah. So I do wonder like how whether we're all just fucked, like trying to like, or, or whether we're all just like I mean, echo chambering question. our own, like uh, <laughs> existential question. Right. But I, I, sometimes I wonder about that because yeah. even despite even me having like, I don't know, 1% of the platform that you have, I feel some similar things. It's like, okay, I have a, do I have a responsibility? Every once in a while, someone will go into my DMS and be like, you should talk about this. You should talk about that. And I'm just like, it's about empathy, right? Mm -hmm. So if I'm experiencing it, I can imagine that you're experiencing like a hundred times what I'm experiencing on the regular, yeah. um, much more public than I am. Cause I'm hiding behind this microphone <laughs> and, you do a good job. and, um, uh, thank you. Uh, but I do wonder sometimes like, does any of it matter? Like maybe this is just like super nihilist thinking, but like there is a kind of conflict that I have, which is like, 
maybe sometimes by saying something bad about something, I'm actually amplifying that thing. For example, if I, I'm sure. not on the JK Rowling pro camp, but like maybe by saying something bad about her, I'm actually like amplifying her. Cause you know, the theory, it's like mm -hmm. you actually, um, the haters actually like promote yeah. the thing. So I, this is a very long winded way for me to say, <laughs> like, I don't know who I am anymore. And I, I, I don't know if we're all just fucked. Um, and like, maybe I just shouldn't say anything because like, maybe it's like circular. And then by saying something, I'm actually making it worse. Even if I think I'm trying to convince somebody or think I'm, I make a difference. So I'm wondering if like, you've ever had these like weird thought patterns or if it's just me. Sure. Well, um, okay. There was, there's a lot of questions in there. I think, I think I I'm sorry. There, no, there's no. not even, I'm just, I'm just rambling now. That's so okay. it's all, yeah. it's all really good. Uh, I think first of all, um, the idea that you have about like six different directions in your head at any given time is, uh, very relatable. And that is all of me all the time. Relatable um, content right there. Yeah. Like I absolutely can see like, uh, yeah, I could do this or I could do this. Or what if I like, how do I maybe write this tweet or like, how do I do this thing? And like, I write a lot of tweets and delete a lot of tweets. So, um, I, I think the idea that you have this kind of analysis paralysis of like the amount of options that you can like you know you have that kind of like geometry meme where you're just like i, I think that's yep. really relatable and i don't think anybody should take that away like me saying that i do all these things does not necessarily negate the fact that i have all of that like also happening um part of the reason mm -hmm. why i'm able to function as a creature or a uh content creator at all is i have a very very secure set of uh, in-person, in-flesh space friends uh, that are lovely and extremely supportive. And if I'm ever like, hey, I think I should maybe like send this tweet, they'll just be like, mm, like don't, or like sit on it for like 12 hours or something like that. I also have yeah. like, I mean, I have people like Olivia and I have like people on the internet too that I can be like, what do you think of this take? And they'll just be like, uh, reword it this way or like do again or sit on it for 12 hours or whatever so i i think first of all it's very okay to be like this is a brave new frontier everything is strange maybe we are all just fucked forever i don't know i, I think that's totally normal like a little bit of holy shit existential angst is just like if you don't have that like what are you are you paying attention like i, I think I think, <laughs> I think it's i think it's okay to just say like nobody has every answer and everyone should be a little bit worried and, and a little bit anxious about things. I think that's just normal. I think that's just a thing that mm -hmm. everybody just has. Um, first of all. So I, I think that's just a normal thing. And part of that is I think, I, I think having a dedicated community and some of those people are like, I have carefully chosen and picked uh, mods from like some of the original people that I had in my Twitch chat are now like mods. And we have like, we have a whole chat and we all just hang out and I, I value their opinion like implicitly because they've seen me from when I had 200 Twitch followers to when I have what I have now. And they've seen when I had a thousand uh, Twitter followers to now that I have 20,000, right? Like they, they, they know they've kind of seen the whole thing and they're very like in the community, like they're community members in their own right and they do their own things. So it's really nice to have like a group of people who are not necessarily even like a single Overton window of opinions either. Like we're all kind of around. Do we all kind of mostly align with our politics? Yes. Otherwise it would be a little bit harder to work, but like we're a little bit less extreme or more extreme on certain issues. So it's really nice to have mm -hmm. a group of people to kind of be like, Hey, where, 
what's what's the temperature of like the JK Rowling thing? Like, do I need to say right. something? Like again, like one of my moderators is like a baby trans lady, and it's lovely to have her opinion to be like, hey, like does like do y'all need to like would it would it be good to hear from me that I think she's a horrible like spiteful harpy? Like what what do you need to hear from me? Like kind of mm. thing. Mm. Um and obviously that can influence where I'm coming from. And I think the other sure. thing that's really important too on uh, on, on one of the earlier subjects you were talking about when you were talking about like finance and stuff is like, where, where do you start? Like, you're like, yeah, I'm 40 and I'm like, I, I you know, I have investments and I kind of know, I think as a science, I, I think this is where like the science, the hard science background comes in. I think one of the best things that from like, unfortunately, like on, on a higher platform, like this is absolutely something that like somebody would take advantage of like a leftist saying like, I don't know. But I think it's actually really, really good to hear from people that you respect to say, like, I don't know. Like, I, I think it's like, like reasonably, like, I need to do more research. I think I need to wait mm -hmm. for some more stuff to come out. Where I'm at right yep. now, I do not know. I think that's actually like a thing that more people should say, like more people should admit to. And I think that's just something that's like hardwired into me as a scientist is like, I will be talking about things and somebody will like ask me like a follow up question. I'll be like, I haven't done that much research on it. Um, I, I, I will, I will read, I can read some and we can figure it out, mm -hmm. but I do not have it like in my brain right now. And I think the idea that everybody should just like have like every, every social study and every like up to date idea of the best possible, like political action is mm -hmm. like unreasonable. Like, like, I mean, no, nobody's like a full, like I, I, I play yeah. card games on the internet and sometimes people ask me about politics or about science while i'm right. there or they right. ask me about like people would ask me about like the vaccines and i would like not want to tell right. them nothing because if they're coming to me at least i can give them more information than somebody else like i would mm -hmm. be the first person to say like yes i have a degree in bio and chemistry mm -hmm. and i know what all these keywords are and i know more than the average person i am not your doctor though like here are some great i think the best thing you can do is like be like i don't know the answer to that these are the best places that you can go to find the things like yeah here is the reference for like the world health organization if you want information on yeah. the mrna vaccine or whatever and i think just being able to be like hey like i am still actively doing my research on this i'm very interested in it but like I am a person playing Magic the Gathering on Twitch. Um, I'm happy right. to help you. This is what I think. I do not know that as a fact, though. And obviously, like, right. Twitter has its own issue because, like, that's a level of nuance that you can't really put into, hundred, like, 280 characters. But, like, specifically on Twitch, because mm -hmm. I get pretty, like, politically heated on Twitch sometimes. Um, so that's always a thing that I'll always make sure to preface. And on Twitch, like, people are going to hear that. On Twitter, it's a little bit harder. So on Twitter, you have to make sure that you get like that little snappy, like, here's my unobjectionable 200 characters that I said about J.K. Rowling because she's wrong, like whatever. So right. I guess that's that's kind of that's kind of where I'm at. I, I guess in in like follow up is. I think that there is a very reasonable response of like, I don't know what to do about this and I don't think anybody was trained to be a social media influencer, especially at our age. Like, right. Nobody told us this mm -hmm. was a job that like existed mm -hmm. and people were going to listen to you. Um, I mm -hmm. think the best thing that you can do is like the best you can. 
and uh, admit mm. to your faults when you have them. Obviously, I have plenty myself. I'm sure we all do. Yeah. Um, and I guess the way that I fall is like, maybe I'm not doing the most, like the most good of any like, you know, random streamer who's doing things. Again, I'm playing card games. I'm not here to like preach politics to people. I just sometimes will do it mm. if people ask me to. But I guess I'd rather do something than like nothing, I guess. Like, I guess I'd rather mm -hmm. be like, a little bit of a loud mouthy like socialist and be wrong a little bit than like mm -hmm. be like politically sanitized and like not do anything mm -hmm. i guess and i don't know whether that's mm -hmm. for the better or for the worse but like that's kind of i i think that's the only thing that i could like go to sleep with myself for yeah i, I don't i don't think i could like be entirely quiet about it and like still be yeah. happy with like my online footprint I think this is something I do want to touch on, which is like, you're touching on something which is really fascinating to me, which is like authenticity and having a voice, right? Like, because the Tappy Toe Clause is a, it is you, yes. but it is, it is like someone, it is a thing that you project publicly. And it's not even about responsibility to say something on a certain issue, but it's also like, it's I, for me, it's part of more about authenticity, like, because that's who you are. Yeah. And so um, it's like the B word that your brand is like, you want to say something because that's what you will say. Actually, that sounds really reductive, well, but yeah. Um, yeah, you know, obvious or reductive, but um, I think there's also a part of it, which is like, you said about like, you know, being maybe my words, but like being at peace with yourself and be able to sleep because you, you feel like expressing that position is good for your own well-being. So I think there's also a kind of linkage to the sustainability of yeah, your craft, sure. like as a creator, it's like, cause if you have to, everyone has their own limits or comfort levels, but it's like, if you, if you don't feel comfortable being who you are as Tappy Toe Claws, then it's very hard to sustain that, right? Absolutely. Cause then you probably don't yeah. want to keep doing that. Yeah. Like I, yeah. like it would be really hard to like, make sure that again, like I, I work a nine to five every day and then I come home and every, you know, I at least like, I usually am like filming a TikTok or I'm pro like I'm making a new deck and every, every week I stream and I'm always working on something. So I think if I didn't think that like somebody was enjoying it and somebody was like, somebody had a better day because they like saw whatever I did, whether it was like, Hey, they saw like a stupid meme that I made making fun of me being a, like a drunk pirate as Joyra, or it was like some, you know, like little baby trans girl who saw that I was like telling, like, well, not telling, but like saying that JK Rowling is like, is bad. I like, I don't know. Mm -hmm. I, I don't think it would, I don't think it would last actually, if it was just kind of a sanitized version of myself. Like I, I definitely don't have that in me is to just be like, just to be like, turn on the camera and be like, Hi, I'm Tappy Toe Claws. I'm a cosplayer, and today we're gonna cut a wig. Not to say that there aren't people who should make that content, because there are people who should. Right. I can't. Yeah. Uh, like there is an amount of like myself that I can kind of turn on for the camera, but I don't think I can ever turn off. Like you know, I, 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 I. I if if suddenly the Supreme Court decides that I don't have rights, I'm gonna yell about them a little bit because I otherwise mm -hmm. I'm not gonna stream at all. <laughs> like otherwise it's not gonna mm -hmm. happen. So.
So I think, I think this is a part of how you maintain your motivation as mm -hmm. a creator, but are there other things that you might do to maintain motivation? Because this is even something I'm going through this year, which is like getting more serious about content, but then also feeling kind of like the, the inklings of feeling like I'm overdoing it or yeah. burning out in some at times. So how do you, how do you deal with that? Or how do you motivate yourself? Um, well, again, I do have like that very like critical core group of friends who like more than once they've been like, are you, have you slept? Like what, what's your situation right now? And they will just like, absolutely tell me like, ah, how many times did you stream this week? Three. Yeah. Okay. You're done. Like you're, you're, you're stopped. Um, which is great. Um, I think part of it that helps me is I, I have, again, I also have like that key group of like moderators on the, like on the internet side. Like the only reason my Wednesday stream gets up every week is because I know that if I tune in, I like, I never even have to ask. And this is something that I know other content creators don't have. I'm so incredibly lucky. And I'm not just a white woman, like pontificating upon like all of her blessings. I'm so lucky. I'm so privileged. I just have like friends who like, it literally takes a village to get Tappy live every day. Mm -hmm. Like half the time, like it takes a team, half right? The time yeah. I have busted my microphone and it doesn't work. And I have to have somebody like come in on like the discord call and like help me. So the fact that I have those people and also too, um, my community is pretty, at least on Twitch. Uh, cause Twitch is like probably like the most work. I guess it, it, what I would say for mm -hmm. like, for like content is like my, my weekly Twitch stream is there's a reason I stream like once a week is like, that's like the most work for me to get up live every, mm -hmm. every month, every week. And, um, obviously like it being sponsored helps. Cause now I have like a, I'm guaranteed like a certain amount of money for every time, like the Twitch stream mm -hmm. goes live. So that's really mm -hmm. nice to know. But also I yep. just have this like dedicated crew of mods who like, I have, if nothing else, if I forget to schedule people for my stream, I have three people who will be happy to be on. And they're the same smiley faces that I have every time. I don't have to worry if mm -hmm. like somebody's going to bring a deck that's too powerful, or if somebody's like going to be offended that we're not playing on like a high enough power level, or we're not playing like, you know, we're playing like sloppy magic and people are playing take my stats. It's like the same three people that we play with every time. So that, that, right. that really helps. And then as far as like cosplay and stuff, um, I think the thing that really helps me is uh, the novelty is I can like pick whatever projects I kind of want. Um, if I want to learn like a new skill, if I want to learn how to like dye fabric or like I want to make this weird wig, I just can. Like that's the next project that I start, um, which is really fun because I'm, I'm very attracted to like new things that I can do. So. Do you think the ADHD helps you or hinders you as a content creator? It Definitely. I mean, it's, I think it's, I think it helps in some ways. Um, definitely in like the, I always want a project to be doing is really nice. Um, cause like I, I literally finished a cosplay project. Uh, I went, I, I made a Renaissance fair costume for like two weeks ago and I'm already like, hmm, what can I make next already? Uh, I need another project. Like let's, let's do something. Cause then, like, then if I have, and then the other thing is that like deadlines are actually really good for me. Cause if I know I have a hard mm -hmm. deadline for something, I can like, that's how I can kind of plan around something. Whereas if I don't, it will just kind of sit. Constraints can actually be kind of yes. freeing. In like a way, right? when I knew that I had, like, we were going to the Ren Fair, uh, two weeks ago, Sunday, like we were going. So I made sure the costume was done. Like I, it, it got done. I knew I, like, but you still had to do five costumes, right? Well, <laughs> yeah. You did a, you did a speed run. <laughs> I did do, uh, yeah, I mean, like, I, 
made exactly what I could in that time, but it was nice. It was nice to know there was a deadline. Um, in, in some ways it's really nice because obviously like the, the energy really helps for stream. Like people are always like, you're so like, you're so talkative and you're so like bouncy and stuff. And that's all stuff that comes pretty naturally. Um, but in some ways like streaming is really hard with like, with the, the ADHD sometimes is because normally when I'm like playing magic on arena, I am also watching Netflix and like checking Twitter on my phone and like looking at my like mm. 401k and like my stocks on another screen. Like, uh, so having right. just only Twitch up is kind of a lot for like the three hours that I have it up. Cause very rarely is there a time when I don't have like, at least like me doing something with my hands and then an entirely another like source of audio. Like I, I, I mainline like audiobooks, podcasts. Um, there's actually a ton of YouTube videos that like a lot of universities just put up of like their one to three hundred level classes, just like open source on like like MIT. Oh yeah, MIT those are great. Just puts up a ton of their courseware, and it's I listen to like three of them a week. A lot of it is just free it's, and out there. I love great. that. Yeah, it's phenomenal. So yeah, like so sitting down and playing just magic. And not having it's an difficult. MIT lecture or a book in my head is also like wild. Um, so that's that's. So you need Twitch chat in your head or the mods yeah, in your head. Yeah. So I have, and again, that's the nice thing is that like the fact that I can always like that's like the fact that I can always play magic with friends and have the friend chat and then also the chat and then also magic yeah. playing is part of the reason why it gets done. It's a bit like the chicken and the egg. Like, I feel like being a good multitasker, maybe not even ADHD, but just being a good multitasker helps you as a creator, yeah. right? But and sometimes too, you also sometimes get the, um, uh, I've, I've also, I've definitely had the problem where I feel like I should always be doing something that's like monetizable, mm. which is very unhealthy. Mm. I know a lot of people like reach that point, but um, to the point that I'm like, if I'm like relaxing and like sitting on the couch, I'm like, oh, I could be sitting in my desk chair. I've, and like, I've talked about this with streamers, yeah. like in general, it's like, they don't want to play. It's like, I don't want to play a video game on my own anymore because I could stream it. Right? Yeah. Or like, or I'm like, well, if I'm, if I'm, if I'm playing this game, I should at least be watching like the new game of Thrones that I can like talk about it or whatever. And again, like, I like the new game. Of oh, Thrones, I see. But like part of almost like building like social equity yeah, or something. It's also just building like the, Oh, like, could I like, should I be talking about this? Or like, should I be like, and again, like some of it is like, watching my friend's content is almost never work, but like, should I be like listening to like all, like, should I like be listening to the listen, like the, you know, one of the set reviews for like the new Dominaria sets that I like know all the cards that I can talk about it or something, Right. which again is mostly fun, but like, it, it's a lot of that. It, it's sometimes poison when that gets into your brain, when it's like, this is fun, but this is fun and also value. Whereas it's like, no, the other thing is value too, because you enjoy it. Like you have to like, remember that. How do you, how do you draw boundaries for yourself then? Uh, not well. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, uh, one of the best things uh, to draw boundaries for me is my dog, honestly. Cause I, he gets out on two walks a day and it's really nice to just like go out. And even if it's like, he's a little dog, he's like 25 pounds. He's not big. He doesn't go very far, mm -hmm. but it's really nice mm -hmm. to like, be like, Hey, this little dude, like, He's like, you're his favorite person in the whole world. This like little idiot that lives in your house. Mm -hmm. um, and mm -hmm. he needs you to take him out on a walk. So you need to do that right now. Otherwise he's going to pee on your carpet. Mm -hmm. So 
you have to do that. <laughs> so it's really nice. Like I get like, I get two walks a day, which is really nice. It's not a lot of exercise, but you'd be surprised like how, how much like two walks a day does for like the average person, just in terms of like getting you out and making sure that you move around. Um, I also like, I really like cooking and I have not, I have explicitly like, except for like every once in a while, like I'll post pictures of food that I make or like, I'll make like kind of a shitty TikTok, but I have like promised my friends, not me. I promised my friends cause they care about me that I will never monetize like the amount of cooking that I do. Um, cause that's like my, like very chill time. Like that's when I'll just like, like, I just, I make, I make a lot of food for my dog. I make him a lot of like little, like, you know, accoutrement to go over his like kibble and stuff. Yeah. Sometimes just like chopping up three really big carrots for my dog is like Zen, um, to just like <laughs> vibe and just be like, all right, nope, I'm, I'm, these carrots are for chomp. I'm going to put on the latest like top 10 from Eurovision. And I'm going yep. to chop carrots for a while and make my dog some food. So. Right on, right on. All right. I think this is actually a good, good place to, uh, to, to, uh, to bookend sure. it. Um, Tappy. So thank you so much for, um, for doing this with me and what's the best place for people to find you on the internet or where you would like to be found. Well, thank you so much. This was a really, really fun time. So, um, yeah, I had a great time. Um, I'm Tappy Toe Claws everywhere. I'm T-A-P-P-Y-T-O-E-C-L-A-W-S. Uh, I'm on Twitter, Instagram, if anybody uses that still. Uh, TikTok now, which I'm trying to get better at. I'm still really bad. I'm still definitely like a TikTok boomer. Uh, I'm on Patreon on the same name um, and Twitch on there. So I think that's everything. That's me. Awesome. Thank you so much and have a good rest of the evening where you are. Thank you so much. You too.